All right, we're recording now. So um, I was just saying now it's been a minute since we chatted. It's been a couple of years. But the first time you came on King of the Lifts was August of 2017, which, <laughs> which, because it's 2021 and time flies, man. Yeah. And um, 2017 doesn't seem crazy long ago, but a lot has happened since then. And I want to play you a quick clip of a question I asked you back in August 2017 before you did a lot of the things you ended up doing. <laughs> Let me do a quick little share screen. You guys see that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want like I just really really want to compete against the best and then like be able to stand amongst those guys so like that's going to take some time so might mm -hmm. as be put like on the back burners so here's, here's a question we ask everybody who's on here um, how yeah. would you like to be remembered when all is said and done mm. that's a good question this is a hard one, though. We saved this one for the last question. This is the last question before we let you go. But if, you, if you're looking back, because, I mean, you got your boy Ali on there. You got, you know, like, if you're thinking, like, I'm not saying you got to be the next Ali of your sport, but at 22, you have to hold, like, God knows what you're capable of. And, you know, you could, uh, so how, would, how do you think you want to impact the game? Because you have a fuck, you, you, have, you have a unique situation where, A, um, you, you're, you're extremely talented, B, you're popular as shit in terms of our sport. This is one of your like a rising star, and then you also got the look. I mean, you got to look like a bodybuilder too. You like you have what people would expect. So you got a really good opportunity here. Looking ahead in the future, when all is said and done, what are some of the things you like to have accomplished and be remembered as? Accomplished definitely like remembered as like at least one of the the better powerlifters in the game, if not like the best. Like I want to be. Man, I was gonna go ahead and say it, man. I want to beat John. I want to beat Brad. I there you go, that boy. That's what we want to hear. It's like I'll say this. I'll say this stuff in the gym repeatedly, but like whenever it comes to saying it to actual people and having it on record, I hesitate. But like, I'm sure like John wants to beat Brad. Brad wants to beat John. I want to beat both. Of them, yeah. So. Yeah, just straight up. So there's that aspect. That's a short term goal. But it's like I just want to be remembered as someone that was able to give back to the Palace community through just like. Whether it's products or inspiring someone else to uh, to start powerlifting or something like that, or you know helping other lifters come into the sport, I just want to be I want to be one of the greats and then help powerlifting get into a better place than it is now. That a boy, you got. Hmm. Okay, so first off, Arian, you looked a little different back then. <laughs> Looked a little different. I, I, I like your little old school setup over there. You got Russ on the TV. <laughs> Holy shit. The audio was terrible. Um, oh, wow. Look at the King of the Lips wording in the background. That was holy shit, man. But there was like, there was no, seriously, there was like one other, there was like King of Lips and there was Mark Bell podcast. Like there was no podcast, which is crazy to say that now. There's like probably more than that. But there wasn't nearly, now everybody's got podcasts. Yeah. Fucking times have changed. And then for, for Russell, okay, so let's, it's been, were you going to say something else, Arian? No, I, I was just going to say that. Yeah, you got yeah, young Russ on there. He didn't want to come out and say anything. Then he's I like, know, screw man. it. He's like, screw it. Yeah, I just want to beat these guys. I loved, this is, I love that. It was a genuine moment of 
Cause like Russell's 22, still a junior. And there's a moment of hesitation, like, fuck. And he's like, I'm just going to go out and say it. And he's like, I say this all the time, you know, at the gym and to his friends. And he's like, fuck it. I want to beat Brett. I want to beat John. I want to like John, obviously ended up leaving, but, um, so yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot has changed since then, my man, uh, you, you have beaten Brett. You're a world champion, uh, several times over a USAPL champion. And, um, the game's changed a little bit. So we've, we, 2020 was a bit of a funny year, um, obviously. Uh, no IPF Worlds, no uh, USA Raw Nats. And um, uh, you had been making some videos talking about some of the stuff that we've been seeing, like uh, the qualifications for the US Raw Nationals. And um, also speaking about how the showdown meet, some people are crossing over and some people have actually been asking you about, you know, you potentially crossing over. And this has been getting, there's all this stuff we're going to talk about, obviously, but um, this is beginning a lot of attention. So we might as well strike while the iron's hot, my friend. So what are your thoughts on uh, the showdown meet and um, what exactly prompted you to make that video? Because obviously it sounds like people are reaching out. Yeah. Um, so in regards to that, first of all, like, I think it's really cool. Um, you're getting a lot of the top lifters um, from other federations to kind of jump in there and kind of see who would, what would really happen if you put these lifters together and have them compete against each other. That's cool. And um, just like surface value of it. Um, so I actually think it's a good idea. You know what I mean? But I think for me, where my decision came to make that video was just people were asking me frequently. Um, and people were also commenting that in the comment section. I can't respond to everyone. So I was like, let me just make a YouTube video about it. I'm just train for a day. And then at the end of the video, just kind of discuss my reasons as to why I'm not going to be doing that meet. And that got, <laughs> that got a lot of traction. There's like people saying like, you know, I'm scared to run. I'm scared of competition. Um, saying that like, you know, I get washed by these other lifters and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. I think what triggered people sometimes when I speak is that I'll say things in such a harsh way initially and then I thought about it when I went back home, like, man, maybe, maybe I said something that's going to turn some people off. But then I watched the video back. And I was like, it wasn't that bad. I was just no. saying my personal reasons. I saw I didn't want to compete. And uh, people would just kind of took offense to that. I know there's one guy that I don't really know, like, I'm not cool with him, but I know of him like TD smash. I think he like, you know, kind of oh, Thomas Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think he subbed me a little bit with the IG story that was kind of sent to me talking about how like, uh, like not me specifically, maybe just like IPF leaders are too scared to compete against people that are deemed competition and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, okay. Like, I just Really TD? Oh shit. He's <laughs> again, hey, man, TD, if you're listening to this <laughs> yeah. I personally, I don't know if it was a sub at me. I was just looking at the timing of everything. I was like, damn, you know what I mean? Yeah, I it's, yeah. Hey, um, I don't know. See, TD isn't usually that dude though. I've had, I've had him on podcast a few times, but um, hell knows. I, I, I sure as hell can't speak for him. So who knows, but I saw your video and um, I, I in particular did not think you spoke like, man, fuck me. I've talked harsher on here and gotten, you know, feedback. We'll call it feedback for, for saying, so you didn't, you rarely come off as like overly harsh or, you know, like you, it seemed like you were just essentially stating, you know, your opinion on it. Hey, I don't think I'm going to go over there. I got, um, there's more to be said. You, you hit up on a couple points that I think we did a podcast with Dennis and Joey Flex, Arian and myself. And 
I pretty much agreed with everything you said. I mean, um, actually, I think I agreed with everything. I mean, there's a couple points here. There's a couple moving pieces. First off, and Dennis, Dennis did the trip from IPF world champion and probably the 120 kilo goat over to the untested. And he actually tied Ray Williams on, uh, or Larry Williams getting my, uh, Ray Williams. he tied Larry wheels on, um, on body weight and, uh, one or sorry on total one on body weight. And he straight up said, like, if you go over there to try to win when you're natty and everyone else is not, is going to be like the level leagues better than them on natural talent outworking. Everything is, it's almost impossible because they're going to work just as hard as you. They probably have just as good of genes. So the starting base is the same work is probably going to be comparable. And then there, if they're on PEDs, like it just stands to reason it like around, right? Like if everyone's close to, uh, cause they're all genetic freaks at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it, if you look at it like that, and I don't think there's anything negative in saying that. I think that's point blank. There's a reason why they're all at the top and they're taking and taking PDs obviously works. That's why you take them. So if you look at just on the surface of that, then why, if you're going to stay natty, would you go over there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that. That's fair. Uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of people have said they want me to kind of cross over and try my hand at the USPA. Um, and I would say yes, if I was willing to take that route, because right. at the end of the day, I'm competitive. <laughs> like yeah. I'm a competitive person. So if I'm crossing over to the USPA and I'm deciding not to go or, you know, to start using, I'm just, I'm just going to be angry at myself and I'm not willing to take that route at this particular time. Um, and another thing that I think was pointed out to me was that my direct competition would be against people that are tested. However, like, the fact that I think the umbrella of the Federation, is it the USPA or is it a different fed that showdown's under? For for the showdown, it's the WRF. Uh, it, it, it doesn't necessarily matter because over there, they bounce around from fed to fed. So it'll be, you know, it's all the same lifters pretty much. So generally from my understanding, if I compete at this meet, I'm going to be suspended from IPF. Like, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. It'll, it'll be... It'll be, uh, yeah, more than likely, I think they're going, it's, yeah. it's got too much attention. Exactly. <laughs> so my whole concept with that is that, okay, look, I want to, I would love to actually still compete against like John. Like I would love to share a platform with John, just see what it's like to have his presence on a platform. Um, I would have loved to do that when he was with the USAPL and the IPF, but you know, just the presence of John Hack, I would love to compete with him. I would love to compete with Jamal. I would love to compete in that environment, but the restrictions of the federation that I want to be great at limits me from having those experiences. Um, so I just weighed the two. I'm like, I want to be a, yes, I want to compete against all these great lifters. It'd be awesome to share a platform with them. But I'm looking at my end goal, which is to be a consistently good IPF lifter. Um, is doing this meet going to take away from that? And the answer is yes. So for me, I just decided to like, you know, bow out, let everyone else have at it. And that's, man, that sounds totally straight up fair. Look at Garrett Fear made a post um, just recently in his stories and I reshared it um, in our stories. And it said, stop telling people they should use steroids. And then period. And then it said, especially if they're females, um, period. And he reset, he said that two lines and reposted it like 25 times on the same share. And I reshared it. And then a couple other people reshared it as well. But it's, it is not a small deal 
to start using PEDs. It's a serious decision. It, it shouldn't be, people shouldn't be pressured into it. If someone's like, I don't think I want to go this route, guys like Garrett, I've had him on the podcast. He's extremely open. He's like, if I could redo everything, I, I might not even do it. It's, it's not a, it, it changes your body. It changes who you are. And um, sometimes some things change and you just don't go back. Like it's, it's a, it's a very big decision. So to pressure somebody who is like, I don't think I want to go this route. He's like, it's not, dude, don't just for the sake of seeing how someone performs on the platform, but he's got to live the, he or she's got to live the rest of their lives now with whatever they're doing to their bodies. And some people it affects differently. So he's like, it's not really, you know, that's not something you pressure somebody on. And to the point of, if you're going in the untested just to, and you're not going to use PEDs, then you're, what are we talking about here? <laughs> what are we, what are you, your, your show, like, we could just watch you perform now, not on PEDs. You don't really need to, like, you don't have to throw away your whole calendar year with the IPF then. Like there isn't um, like, okay, I'm going to get out totaled by John. We're not, you know, the things are different. Like it's, you know, both John and you would raise your hands and be like, look at well, one of us is going to complete compete on PEDs. One of us isn't, this isn't how sports are usually like, how are we going to promote this? This is, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't quite understand why you'd get any pushback in the comments and whatnot. And uh, I think a lot of people would be like, nah, cool, do your thing, <laughs> right? Do your thing, you know, if that's not you. But um, wow, so so like, do you think there is people who are gonna go over there completely natty and they can win? Cause that would be tough for me to see. Um, so from what I understand, I so I saw, um, Angelo's story about how it's going to be like, uh, so it's going to be Juwan against, I think his name, right? Juwan? Uh, yeah. Is that the 104 Avenger? Yeah, 104th Avenger. Yeah. He's, um, I actually just kind of like got myself reintroduced to him. I mean, shit, he is strong. He's strong, man. <laughs> He's he strong. went, yeah. And from what I understand, he competes on the test inside of the USPA. Oh, he does? Here's the thing, though. Um, that's... I'm pretty sure. I looked I, at dog, that. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit i was but, like uh, like okay so i mean i don't know if arian's fact checking or what but i was like holy shit like he, he does from time to time here's the thing though sorry Aaron, go ahead no i was just gonna say at least here on this meet results it does say in 2018 he did drug tested virginia commonwealth games and then drug tested world championships under ipl um the other ones the uspa national that think he did i think he might have did the untested one for that one but yeah it looks like he's done some and he did a usapl meet uh, December, 2019. Oh, really? December, 2019. That's still a couple of years ago, but I mean, yeah. the thing is, so USAPL obviously tests, but the USPA, I believe the testing is different. And, um, I don't know exactly how it is in terms of the drug testing, but I think someone was saying they don't test for SARMs or something to that effect. Like it's not exactly the same drug testing. Um, that doesn't mean this gentleman's on, I mean, if he went USAPL, that, now that was a couple of years ago. So, I mean, a couple of years ago, John was only, you know, dabbling on SARMs and, and maybe he still is, but he, he's obviously enjoyed some gains from it as well. Like it's not, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, sure. But the biggest non, or sorry, the biggest tested fed in the world, and this isn't a discussion the biggest tested fed in the world is the IPF period. So if we're talking tested, you should not have to, and you are the IPF world champion. So the IPF world champion does not have to leave the IPF 
to meet somebody else in a tested, in a different tested fed. I would think, mm-hmm. I would think if you are the IPF world champion, you have over a quarter of a million followers in terms of like all the check boxes you got working for you in terms of like, if it's showdown hyping, if it's credentials and it's tested, it gets no bigger than IPF worlds. Um, you got so many boxes in your corner checked. If someone's going to be like, you got to, you need this matchup. If they're, if they're drug free, if they're natty, they should probably come after you and go for your title. Cause you got the bigger title. Yeah. I would think. If this, if that's the case, I'm not even saying that's just for this one gentleman we're talking about anybody. If it's like, look at if the if you're if someone's trying to say there are some dudes who are who are natty and I don't know if you could beat them. I'm in the biggest natty fed in the world, man. What do you want from me? What are we waiting for? Let's go. <laughs> I'm not hard to find. Uh, you know, there's there's a calendar ready for you. But um, I don't know, man. That's just me. So I don't think you, you would leaving for uh another tested lifter would really make a whole lot of sense right i mean me personally i i kind of agree with what you what you were saying um so yeah they were just saying that like you know i'm still running because uh the lifters that i would be in direct competition with are tested which is uh i think sean and and i think his name is juan um my bad if i'm messing that up but juan and uh, they're saying like, since I don't want to go and compete against them, I I know I saw definitely like a popular comment. It's like, oh, he's running. Just say you're just say you're scared and leave it. What like, the fuck? I was like, what the fuck? That's cool. That's cool. I mean, take, take what you want from me, but yeah. Like the IPF World Champion, yeah, he's running right to the IPF Worlds. Like that's an easy thing to win. Like that doesn't make sense, man. Um, and look, at, I'm saying this as like, I'm a. I like uh, we've had Luke Bright who's put together the show showdown meet a couple times on the podcast. And like, I echo your sentiments in terms of um, terms of like the untested fuck me. They're they're These, these money meets, like they give them a, it's a good competition. Um, we're seeing like a lot of the top lifters amalgamated under that one meet. So, or like a couple different meets, but they have their calendar coming together. So it's good, man. Absolutely. The thing where things get a little murky is when, um, like, I don't even mind if you're going to invite someone from the USAPL or whatever. Like, if you're the meat promoter, like Luke Bright, like, I mean, you're, you're promoting you, whatever. You send out the invites, just say, no, it's fine. But if you want it, it's there for sure. But uh, I mean, for people who might be trying to shame uh, an IPF world, a sitting IPF world champion, is that you're afraid of competition. It's like, man, I don't know if these people have been to the IPF Worlds and know what it's like up at the top, man. It is, this is, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little awkward to say the least. And you face Sean several times over too. That's, that doesn't really make much sense. But um, uh, yeah, it is what it is. So that was be kind of the reason why you decided, all right, I better make a, a video. Oh, but did the video end up making more questions than answers? Um... I don't know. It was more so just like, I guess, a like it was like a half and half, I guess. Like, it's like, yeah, Russ, like, you know, obviously do what you got to do, do whatever you want. And there's like the other half where it's like, oh, you're scared or this is a stupid reason. Like, you should want to compete against the best regardless of tested or untested. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) what? It is what it is. I mean, at some point, do you do you feel like, um, well, what are some of the reasons do you think that you want to stick with the USAPL IPF route? Cause you had mentioned a couple in the video. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is structure. Um, and kind of like what I said in the video is just the fact that I, 
I feel like which one has the best to kind of like progress into um, maybe even the Olympics or something like that. And I mean, the clear answer for me is the IPF and the USAPL. Um, those type of federations and just the structure and the rules and regulations that they have, like the infrastructure alone just provides some type of um, um, route to get to that. I feel like the USPA, it's a great federation. Um, it's very, it's very hyped. It's really cool. I just feel like the USAPL is kind of putting themselves, or the IPF, excuse me, putting themselves in position to kind of maybe in the future um, join the Olympics and have that kind of stage. The, the, different, the difference I see um, from the tested and untested to a large extent is um, like currently in the untested, it's like money meets that are, you get invites, um, you know, big names, et cetera, like that. But it's not like we're used to seeing in the Olympic route for other sports where it's like first you win state or province, then you win nationals, then you win, you, know, you make your national team, then you go to the worlds. And then, um, you know, taking that route, everybody in the world is under an actual global body. There really isn't one reigning global body holding a world championship in the untested. Like, it's just not the case. Arian, prove, am I right on that? Like IPF, or sorry, IPL is the USPA global body. And um, I think their, their US nationals seems like it's more hype and got more. I don't even know if a lot of people even know it's the IPL that's the global body for the USPA. I mean, most people just know the, the US Fed. Yeah, I think it's a combination of like, you know, the IPL doesn't have as many countries as the IPF has. And then also, like you said, the majority of their members seem to be in US or so USPA nationals. Yeah, most people agree, like that's where the most competition is. And that seems like a more popular event. And then no one goes to IPF, IPL worlds after that. If it's, if it's somewhere outside the US, no one's going. If it's inside the US, maybe people will go. Uh, but yeah, in general, it seems like their USPA nationals is like the, uh, the top level as far as competition. Like as a global body, man, the IPF globally is recognized by like governments that give funding to sports. And they're like, what are you recognized by the IOC? And the IPF is, and they're like, all right, we will give you government funding. Like some of these European nations are straight up getting funding from their nations because they're IOC affiliated. So you have to be with the IPF. So in terms of like, um, you had mentioned briefly in your video, like lobbying and stuff like, yeah, man, it's big. It opens opportunities up. Mm. I was going to say, like, even like when I've talked to some of the lifters from other countries, they're like, yeah, we, we get paid to do this. I'm like, Damn. It's dude, it's crazy. There's their coaching staff. Our, yeah. our professional coaches by the government because they're um, on the national team for like powerlifting, which is pretty nuts. So man, when the governments gets involved in like, I mean, this is some of these European governments, but even the Canadian government for a little bit, if you were with the, the IPF affiliate, they would give like lifters, like snippets for training and whatnot, man. That's what goes on with like, if you're a big true global body and then you're recognized by the IOC, these are like some of the doors that might open up to the point of like what you were saying with like, look at the dream could be Olympic. Some, some people could be like, well, that's just a dream. It'll never happen. Even if you shoot for the stars and land on the moon type deal where it's like, all right, but due to their lobbying force that they have globally in the amount of nations, when they hold their GMs, it's freaking like, it's like a United Nations meeting, man. Like it is a legit global organization. Um, when they mobilize and push towards a goal, it's a whole nother deal. And to that point, that's where things like Sheffield can happen. Yeah. And Sheffield hasn't happened yet, but that's down the pipeline. Like how much is that 
uh, a factor as well. Like how important do you think Sheffield is for guys like you who are like, man, there's other money meets happening outside? Uh, no, I would say like just what Sheffield was looking to accomplish would change the game. I mean, like from what I was privy to, um, since I was invited to Sheffield, like what Peter was telling me was like, bro, like one of those ones, like we're going to be like doing like interviews. Like he was giving me like the kind of the itinerary because we were about like a week out from going. I know, man. <laughs> I, emailed him, I think I emailed him like one day prior to the U.S. being in like complete lockdown. Yeah. Like it was like, hey, man, I don't feel comfortable, you know, getting on a plane with this virus kind of spreading. I'm going to have to drop out or whatever. Um, and then like literally the next day. But just seeing what we had to do, like interviews, meetups, um, like the, the arena, the fact that like most of the seats were bought out, um, just like the media production that was going into it. I was like, this isn't just a money meet. This is literally a, a, a powerlifting spectacle. And I feel like it was going to like really kind of change the outlook and, and the playing field for those kind of meets going forward. It was, it was um, yeah, man, I was going to be doing those interviews with you, man. <laughs> I got that. I got that same itinerary. You broke my heart. It was, um, yeah. It was looks so like I was on the phone with Pete several times. Like, oh my god, man, this looks absolute bonkers. They're gonna have like a freaking press conference. People who bought VIP packages, we're gonna sit in front of the lifters and, and bang off questions, just like a like a real athletic press conference. It is like, dude, this is insane. And seeing the videos coming out um with the quotes that people were saying and even the posters they had it was uh, i was like holy shit i'm getting hyped i got my poster right here <laughs> i know i know it's <laughs> then, yeah, i was like damn i was like damn it um and it was like it was right up to the wire when mm. pete's like yeah man it ain't gonna happen i remember i remember like a couple weeks out thinking Cause we, I, none of us have lived through a pandemic. So like we were thinking, all right, it's bad, but how bad could it be? This isn't gonna, you, who, who knew was gonna shut it down? I think Joey did actually. I swear, I think Joey was like, this is gonna pop off. It's gonna be big. And I remember thinking it can't be that big. Like big as in what? And no, this is, I never would have foresaw this, but um, yeah, it's too bad. But if that would have happened, who knows how, if people would have seen the possibilities. The problem is to get to Sheffield, you got to be a world champion, yeah. an IPF world champion. Um, yeah. Well, there's like other criteria that was allowing other people to, to kind of creep in, I think, as well. Yeah, they had regionals. Actually, do you remember, Aaron? I think they had a couple of wild cards. You're right. No, I stand corrected. It was, it was world champions, and then there was at least like a champion from a regional, which means like an Asian, European I don't know. North American was going to have a regional champion as well. Yeah, it was gonna it was gonna be was Ray it? Ray for North America and like Brett Gibbs for Oceana. Okay. And so they so they had that that way to you know get representation from each region and also you know have some more lifters in there than just like you know a single world champion from each weight class. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So so globally, every region gets representation as well. So they did have some other yeah, not just worlds, and you had to have Ray in there. Um, but yeah, man, it would it would have been. I don't know if things would have changed. Like, why do you think some of these lifters or, well, first off, before I get to this question, I, I don't want to forget this one too. Do you plan on going to the IPF world championships if you win the U S raw nationals? Yeah, for sure. Um, my sentiments were like that. I think last year, um, I don't know what got into me, but I was just like, I was like, uh, I think my, I think my, um, displeasure came from the fact that like IPF worlds are just held in such like remote locations. Um, like if you're going to go to 
these different countries, why not go to the more populated, um, more site seeable, you know, locations, right? So let's say, um, let's say like, I, I feel like if we were gonna have it in France, it would be in some random city that you've never heard of. <laughs> I'm just like, why wouldn't you just put it in Paris? Like, what's wrong with putting it in like the hub of the country? I don't know. I I was really kind of like annoyed about that, and I think um, I was just like, I'm only gonna do IPF World if it's in a decent location. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why I was so set on that. But uh, my goal changed in terms of just like wanting to be a, a great IPF lifter, and whatever wherever it's at, I'm gonna go to. Um, so if it's like in, I think. You guys were talking about it's like South Africa, which is like kind of like a 24 hour flight. I mean, I don't love it, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, wherever, if, I, if I'm able to qualify for Worlds, um, I'm definitely going to go wherever it's gonna be. I mean, his thing, like, um, we got Rory on here often, and he's from New Zealand. He handles Brett, and he's like, man, we never have a Worlds that we don't have a shitty flight. Like it's hell. Like like poor Brett is in a corner of the world that almost is you know like a like a storybook. Nobody sees it, but uh, he flies like a day and a half every single time they go anywhere. Even if it's Europe, he's like, well, it's still gonna be um, you know a shit show. But it's it's a matter of I guess like just getting there and decent enough time ahead of time. Because um, uh, I mean Brett's gone to North America twice for Worlds, maybe even more. Um, anyways but yeah it's doable it's just a matter of planning out ahead of time but do you think like did you have some kind of a moment where you sat back and you're like look at i don't know how many years i got in me in my prime you know you only got so more whether it's like michael jordan or whoever you've got so many like look at jordan the bulls you thought that was going to last forever how many titles did jordan win six titles yeah six years and he's, he's the goat, right? Mm. So if we're talking six years in a row from front to back, you really can't take too many years off if you're trying to make a rain. How many, how many titles does the most um, any IPF champion has? Do you know, Aaron? For a classic, I'm trying to For classic, for classic. In the men's. In the men's. Is it five? Who is that? You Versus know. Vicky? Nah, it's Big Ray Williams. Ah. Pretty sure oh, Ray oh, Williams. Pull that oh, up to double check. Well, I, I know his first one was 14, so 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. That's five right there. There you go. Um, so, and I remember uh, one of the questions that came in actually was, who you think are the goats between the men's and the women's division? Because they had seen you talking about what you think constitute a goat. Mm. Who do you think who do you think are the goats and why do you think they're the goats in the men's and women's classic divisions for the IPF? I mean, you just mentioned one right there. I think like whenever people ask me like who is um, the face, I think maybe it was you or someone else that asked me who's the face of uh piloting. I said Ray. Like um, I'm a big fan of consistency. I'm a big fan of repeated greatness. And I think that he matches that as well as Kim Walford. Yeah. I think how many championships does he have? Like I think she's got Oh, wait, she missed one of them. Is she also a five or she at six now? Five or six, right? Yeah. Um, she's, got, she, she's got she got more than that because she's been around longer. So she's won 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, <laughs> 17. Missed 18. Nine, and then 19, yeah. So she got seven. Jesus, what, man? 
I mean, to me, that is, is pretty cut and dry. So, <laughs> with the talent pool growing and you're still able to stay on top, like, that's that's Geo AT for me. Like, I don't, I don't know what else. Like, you could have high peaks and have uh, – I think it's like some people will say, like, no, nah, I'm not going to mention that name because then if I say that, then people are going to be like, oh, like you're hating or whatever. Uh, maybe. Depends on – you have time to expand on it, but – Okay, okay. Jesse Norris is, is – one of the people that I used to watch that got me into powerlifting, um, I was like, how is a human this strong? Like, I, yeah. there is a point in time I, could, I was thinking that the weight is just, like, not real. Um, just seeing the numbers he was totaling at the weight he was. But he has such a high, aggressive peak, right? Mm -hmm. But, then, like, the, he wasn't able to maintain that. I mean, his, his story's still being written, but he wasn't able to maintain that over a course of time. And I think that people could come in and do, like, great things, but for me being great is like being able to sustain that for a period of time and like knock off different people and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's accurate. I mean, I, I don't think that's a, like, that's not a knock on Jesse. He's straight up. He's been on the podcast. He's straight I've, up. I've, I've had issues with him before in the past. I think I forgot, exactly <laughs> what? What happened. I forgot exactly what happened, but he misinterpreted something I was saying. And then like, I forgot something. I don't know. Dude, yeah. full, full disclosure, the exact same thing happened on King of Lifts. And then um, he reposted a screenshot of the King of Lifts and said, I heard these guys are talking shit on the podcast. <laughs> and then the next week we had him on the podcast and it was, oh, and it was fun because, um, cause we weren't actually talking shit. Like, I'm not going to talk shit. I'm like, I'm, it's just not the way I operate. Um, I, I can't even remember what we were saying, but he wasn't actually all that fussed anyways. He was just like, whatever. He wasn't that bad. But um, I think it is like he himself, the, the point is, you know, he himself said like, um, you know, yeah, like his peak, it was, was phenomenal. It, the, the, what he did, it depends on how you want to look at goat, but for sure he's a great, um, but I don't think anyone, anyone who says like, when we're discussing who the greatest of all time are, if someone is going to be like, you insult me, unless you say this person, then you're not operating in good faith in a debate, a sports debate for God. We're not talking politics for God's sakes here. It's a sports debate. If I can't tell you, I think Jordan's the greatest. And you're like, I think it's LeBron. I'm like, well, then I'm not your friend anymore. Well, <laughs> come on. What are we talking? What are we doing here? Let's not take things that serious. I'm not saying I hate LeBron. <laughs> but yeah, and, um, and there's like a, a difference between like, you know, having like the greatest performance of all time, or like you can say like in a single season, a team was like, you know, that best team as far as like points scored and stuff like that. But then like you having the longevity, like being a legacy team, or in this case, like, you know, being like that career powerful where you won multiple championships, just like Jesse had like, you know, the best total in his weight class ever. I mean, so does Ray, so did Kimberly, but they also had the world championships on top of it. They put up some of those best performances ever doing all that travel and competing head to head. Whereas some people say, oh, well, Jesse Norris just did like, you know, a local meet, not competing against anyone. Here's the thing about like, Jesse that makes it, um, I don't know, for some reason it makes it like special, okay? Is the fact that he came and went like fucking James Dean for God's sake. Like we're talking, there's something about it where he like, uh, like he's not dead like James Dean, but like he, I don't know. It's one of those beliefs that on one given day, like, what the fuck was that guy capable of? And when you leave early, no one ever sees any fall of grace or changing a passing of the torch or anything. It's just you deuces in your prime. Now, this wasn't his own choice. Like, it's injuries. He had come on the podcast and he talks about, look at man, people ask me all the time, when you come back, when you come back. 
and it's just, we're talking back injuries, spinal issues. So it's not something you just work around or fuck around with. Right. So he's like, it is what it is, man. So he, he may not like more than likely he's not coming back and that's fine. He made his, his piece on it, but there is something there that's nice where it's like, there's something special about that guy who he was so far ahead that he was posting numbers that like heavyweights would be posting um, like, like five years later, like it was crazy what he's capable of. So it was, but I also know what you mean and you get this in all sports, right? Where um, if you're going to, if you want to try to tighten it up and be like, okay, there's guys like that and girls like that in, in, in the women's sports that achieve like on, on a certain night, when you look at that special night, you're like, fuck me. I don't know if anyone would have beat them mm-hmm. on that night on that, like in all sports there's certain people like that. Right. They say when Mike Tyson fought Michael Spinks, they're like, fuck, I don't know if anyone would have beat him that night. However, if you're going full career, there's no way you could put Tyson's career over Muhammad Ali's. There's no way because Ali did over two different decades, everything he did. And um, Ali is in terms of overall rankings. So I think I, like I, actually get what you're saying where this is not a knock on the Mike Tyson or the Jesse Norris on that particular night. He could have beat maybe anybody, but overall body of work. Um, yeah, it's a, it could be a different criteria. Uh, who was who someone that you looked up to in other sports besides powerlifting? Um, even you asked, I think you asked me what triggered my thought process with the whole IPF world thing or yeah. like switch or switching that up i i mean i watched the last the last dance documentary. dog i fucking knew it I, this is a loaded question i knew it. <laughs> you brought up you're like yeah jordan went at six i was like bro, i was literally just watching that shit when i was working out so, yeah it's just uh i mean jordan serena williams um muhammad ali mike tyson i mean like you know just all the greats you just kind of like get motivated uh, tom brady another recent one um, you just get motivated by everyone's story, um, their level of achievement over a period of time. And uh, I'm just a fan of greatness at the end of the day. There's not like a specific athlete that really um, talks to me, but it's just more so just like if someone is being great, I can kind of dissect and figure out, okay, this is how this person does it. And I respect how long they're able to keep it going. What do you think? Well, first off, let me put out the irony that Jordan won six to become the GOAT. And for you to be the GOAT and beat Ray, you need to win six. Mm. <laughs> fucking destiny dog there it is <laughs> like and and if you're gonna win six um yeah you don't got time to waste you can't be missing them because of location or whatever you got to be like i need to i need to show up do my thing and um uh collect titles man because you don't know how long the prime is or who the next fucking jesse norris the next jesse norris comes out of nowhere you're like who the fuck is that guy right like whoa the game changed again um so you got to collect these titles when you're thinking about these attributes that of greatness what do you think some of the biggest most key attributes are for these these guys and girls that are consistently putting together these great feats and and having these careers i think it's it's pretty simple it's just like a combination of talent um hard work and consistency um what for example like People are like, how do you how do you stay so motivated and you know all that kind of shit. I'm I'm probably motivated out of the seven days of the week. I'm probably motivated to go to the gym maybe two or three times a week. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. honest. That's like I'm being real. Like, there's only maybe two or three, maybe two or three times during the week where I'm like, all right, like I'm gonna have a fucking good ass workout today. Like I'm gonna kill this shit. I'm gonna do whatever. The other days, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it through, man. <laughs> Like, yeah, I had squats. Like, I just was not, I mean, it's, it's raining here in Houston. It's like kind of like 
muggy and all that kind of stuff. I didn't feel like training at all, but I got it done. Like, um, I I tweeted on on Twitter. I was like, I had to watch the Jordan documentary to get me today, uh, get me through today's workout. Um, and it's crazy when you really kind of pay attention to different lifters. I mean, Aaron, I know you coach people too. You'll figure out people miss days just because they don't fucking feel like it. Like just straight up, they'll probably be like, "Hey, man." Uh, didn't make it into the gym today. So-and-so in the third happened. People will make excuses to not get inside of the gym. Um, so that literally takes away from your ability to execute on being great. Um, and then obviously, like, you do need a little bit of talent. I mean, hard work can only take you so far, but you need to tap into – you need to also have that talent to tap into. Um, and then there's hard work as well. You need to be able to kind of – it goes with consistency, but just shut shit out and just get shit done. And here's another thing too. Uh, well, first off, before I ask this next question, um, I, that reminds me of David Goggins. Like, you know, he's like crazy motivated. And uh, do you know about David Wait, Goggins? Is the music is the music loud? Can you hear it? We can hear oh. it, but I don't know. I'll, I'll tell him to turn it down a little bit. Okay, sure. Right. Okay, I'll put a pause. Yeah, let me. Okay, let me tell him to turn it down. From a club instead of a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I was gonna say. Uh, so, are you familiar with David Goggins? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So David Goggins, like famous, anyone listening, um, obviously he does like marathons, ultra marathons, ex-Marine and like a total badass, like the guy insanely disciplined and he talks and like he, he ran one time an ultra marathon, um, refused to quit and was like peeing. He said it looked like Coca-Cola. His knees were like pus was, they had like surgeries and it was insane. And he said, I refuse. He was running and he, sh he, sh he, sh <laughs> okay. so he, sh he said he shit himself and had like 50 more laps to go. And he's like, I'm not quitting. We're going to finish this goddamn day. He had, okay. So anyways, that's what, before you keep going, what are my, what are my rules for piloting? It's like, if I ever shit myself, dog, that's like, when you made it. No, 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 that's not what you made. That's, that's greatness. I, that's greatness. That's, that's greatness. What the, that's what my mean is done. If I ever shit myself, I'm like, if I leave the platform, I'm no longer there. I shit myself. No. There, I just kind of walk away from the platform. I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. That third squat, a little bit of a shit. <laughs> And then, and then listen, listen, then you look over at Joey and Arian at Worlds and you go, you, you, you look over him, you say, we just achieved greatness today, folks. We just, we just achieved greatness today, gentlemen. We, we shot for the stars and landed on the moon and they're going to talk about this in my documentary. That was one of the, the, the most specific things that I told myself when I started like competing in I was like, I ever shit. I think I saw me with this guy like projectile vomiting. <laughs> I'm like, if I ever vomit like that or shit my pants like that, like, meat's over. Like, nah. Meat just started. Nah, meat just started. But, but Ryan, if it's the other way and like, you know, Joey shits himself and cut it to Russ, like, like, yo, I just show my pants. I'm going to have to leave. Russ can be like, listen, we're chasing greatness here. You see he your goes, ass in that coach's he goes, box. He goes, Hang in there. This is, he goes, he goes, he goes, this, this is exactly what we talked about on the podcast. It's happening exactly as it's supposed to. He's like, good. Good. That means it's working. That means I win today. Because you keep that load in your shorts the whole day. Even in intermission, I want it there. I need it there. And Joey's like, all right, fuck it, man. Let's gold medal's a gold medal. Let's do this. Um, 
But and that kind of threw me off there. Where was I? Oh yeah, okay. So so I was painting out how badass David Goggins in is. Um, so now everybody got a good idea of how disciplined he is. And he said, he's like, some days I put my running shoes down and I stare at those motherfuckers for a half hour. And I try to talk myself into going for a run. Mm-hmm. Half hour, I'm looking at those shoes being like, come on, stop being a bitch. And he's like, I got it. It takes that kind of talk. And then eventually I strap those fucking things on my feet and I go. And this is the guy that I just described to you. So, um, to your point, yes, man, it's, it's uh, being motivated and being disciplined are two different things. And far more days you're going to be disciplined than motivated. And some people like, is there something wrong with me if I'm, if it's tough to get? No, man, like the champions go through that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when I'm in the gym and I don't feel like working out, I'm thinking about the other top lifters in my class. I'm like, this person is probably working out right now, or this person is probably going to get off later and, and probably hit, like, a nice, solid PR or whatever. And you're in here, like, debating yourself if you want to work out. I'm like, it's like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> it's like, if you want to choose this route, don't be mad when it's flat, when it's uh, meet day, platform time, and, you know, you fall short. Like, that's yeah. on you. Like, you're making the decisions at this particular moment. So, um yeah, I, I mean, I think about that shit all the time. Is it, um, and I was actually going to say, so I know you want to collect like, you know, all those titles and um, I agree, man, that's how, that's how you really make your name in terms of greatness. But you have guys like a fucking Brett Gibbs who's an established multi-time champion as well. Um, so you're not in like, a, like the 83s, historically speaking, has always been super competitive. There's actually no one who's been, a dominant Ray Williams style in the 83s. And a lot of that has to do with most people walking the face of the earth probably have a body weight floating around there where they're going to be able to cut to the 283 kilo. Um, so of all the weight classes, you got a tough one. Have you ever thought, Has I, I think I've asked you this before, maybe things have changed on this front as well. Do you plan on doing your run in the body of your work as an 83 and want to establish yourself, like I want six titles in 83 and I'm the best 83 of all time, et cetera. Or do you think maybe greatness is three, four titles, 83. Maybe I take a shot later on, move up a weight class and try for 93. Um, no, I think with just how my body is now, um, since I am, a, as, as many people want to debate, I am a national athlete. I think I've pretty much reached my genetic potential when it comes to size. I don't think I'm gonna get that much bigger. Um, so if I'm able to maintain the size and, and keep increasing my lifts, I'm just gonna stay in this weight class. I'm gonna continue competing in this weight class and become, until it becomes a detriment to execute that that cut down to 183. Um, I kind of just comfortably hover around 190-ish. So to make that cut coming into the 83 is just easy. Now, if I miraculously get bigger um and it's like it, it just wouldn't make sense to go down 83 and compete i'll lose too much um then i'll probably move up to 93 yeah but for the most part it's just i want to stay in the 83 um and kind of talking about like how you you said the like, 83s are super competitive um i understand like i don't i don't um say i want to win all these titles and act as if it's a given like oh yeah i know i get yeah like, I, I know i act braggadocious on like my social media but that's for like social media like i'll talk shit and like you know just kind of bigging myself up but i understand like when i when 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 i was able to uh beat brett in 2019 or whatever um i mean he could argue he had an off day like he was injured or whatever um when beat or when brett like destroyed me i can say i was injured so at the end of the day it's just like 
there is I don't think there's going to be dominance on that front it's just like whoever's able to string together the most best days or yeah the most best days over a period of time is probably going to be the the like, quote-unquote 83 go but even at nationals I understand like I'm one I mean shit almost bombed out it got scary I almost fucking bombed out like I can bomb out of me man like it can happen and I'm very respectful in the fact that, bro, any day or any meet, shit could happen, man. It could just be off. Um, I was talking to someone that comes to uh, my gym pretty consistently. He had his first meet um, this week, uh, this past weekend. And I had to tell him, I was like, bro, anything can happen on meet day. You think you're going to hit all these PRs and you think you're going to, you know, do all these things. I'm like, man, once you get that first lift out of the way or like when you're at deadlift, now you think you're about to be on deadlift, you have to realize, bro, you've been lifting all day. Like, um, you don't have your favorite song playing. You don't got, like, you don't got your girl next to you or whatever. Like, bro, shit's different when you're actually competing on the platform. You have to understand that. You have to take that day for, what it, for uh, whatever it's going to be. It's um, the difference between, like, for instance, yourself and Jordan. Jordan, you could see in that documentary how many, they would have a series. So he could have, like, he didn't have a lot of bad days. But if he had a bad day, like, it's a series, man. They dropped games, came back, won another game, whatever. For yourself, for all lifters, man, you got Nats, you got Worlds. That's it, man. You got two days. And if you fuck up Nats, you don't got Worlds. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't even, it's it's kill or be killed. And um, yeah, so it's really difficult. Uh, I don't think it's at all braggadocious to say like, my goal, you have a title down. You're like, I want to try to get more titles. Like, fuck, man, what are we doing here? If you If you don't have goals, you know what I mean? Do you get flack for that kind of thing? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm maybe behind the scenes in like group chats and stuff like that, but yeah. wow, shit. I think outwardly not, not, not too much. I think it's, uh, it's just like, okay, like keep going and, uh, you know, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think people, uh, I think before when I first started doing YouTube and stuff like that, I would like try to manifest these goals and say that I want to be the best. And I would get people just like saying like, you know, you're, you're super cocky or like, you know, or this, that, and third. I'm just like, I was born and I was raised in a household where you manifest what you want to be. Like you speak about it, you talk about it. Um, and then your actions should follow. So with me saying that kind of stuff, it was me acknowledging that I'm putting in the work to one day achieve that. So I think now, um, I don't really get it that much, but like I said, you know, got those private group chats, probably. <laughs> Dog, there's a whole lot of chattering going on in those private yeah, you, group you chats. Also, just post that. That's was fucking high as shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Um, so, and and since the last time we chatted too, man, a lot has happened in terms of um, you got a clothing line brand going out, you got a gym. Like, let's catch up a little bit because you're blowing up a little bit on this business side, my man. But let's. Explain to some people who might not be hip to the game, um, the gym you opened up and now your clothing line. Yeah, so the clothing has always been, um, it's always been something I've done on the side. It wasn't like anything too serious. It was more so just like, I want to connect people that watch my channel. So let's say like, you know, someone at the gym wears one of my t-shirts, another person will be able to recognize them and be like, oh, like you watch uh, Russ too, you're about to get better today stuff. Um, and over the last couple of years, it just kind of, it just kind of took off and I just I never looked at it as something that I should pour my money and time into it was just more so just like quick flips like okay let me spend a certain amount of money get a certain amount of money back and just kind of have a little bit more play money um but as the the man grew like the order started growing and the amount of money I was spending started growing so it was like uh 
it kind of reached a, a reach. I mean, it's still growing, but um, it's been kind of like organic growth and just kind of realizing, okay, let's put more resources into doing this and, and try to expand that. Um, so one of my goals, period, whatever I, just like in life was to have my own private training facility. Um, whether that to be to train high performance athletes or just have a spot where I could like kind of work out in my own zone. Um, that's where the gym started coming along. And then I was like, yeah, this is real. Like, I was like, oh shit, this is actually about to happen. It was like 2019 before the pandemic started. I was like, I'm going to die full force and, and create a gym. And uh, I mean, that was before the pandemic. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that's terrible timing, but it is what it is. Pandemic hit. And uh, the route that I was going, that I'm going with the gym is very custom. Um, and uh, with custom, you got to make that shit. And when you're ordering it, it takes time. So that time just got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Uh, up until like maybe this year now where we're, we have a very realistic opening day. So, uh, yeah. So it's not open yet? Like to uh, the public anyways? Uh, it's not open to the public. So what happens is that I'll have friends and family and you know extended friends come and train to get a feel of the gym um kind of keep an eye of things that we still need um we do these things every now and then on saturdays called corrupted saturdays because the gym is called corrupted uh, strength and uh, what it really is is just like an analysis process so we invite like a decent amount of people into the gym um we have everyone training at once and then i'm able to kind of like eyeball and see okay like we obviously need more uh more of these or we need more plates we need more i don't know bars to accommodate the possible uh volume that we're going to be experiencing so um yeah and on tuesdays it's a nightclub apparently (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah but for the most part right now it's just a private private training facility where homies can come through and lift but yeah yeah. actually gearing to open up hopefully this summer before raw nationals or during raw nationals dude it's got to be tons of people who want to go like everybody knows corrupt the strength i assumed it was open because like you train there obviously it's your gym um so i'm used to seeing it and uh freak man once you go live like um i'm i mean i'm nowhere near in texas but i'm assuming you guys have like are you guys just waiting to collect all of the equipment and and get all the ducks in order or or are you allowed to have an open gym right now or yeah we're i mean texas oh yeah that's right that's true that's true Wide open. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, I was going to say, yeah. So, um, sorry, what was the question you asked? Uh, essentially, is it just like, uh, you know, in terms of getting things in order, is it just like the equipment and, and things yeah. like that? Why you have to push it back? Or Yeah. I'm a, um, when it comes to this, this is like my baby. Like, this is something right. that I wanted for a very, 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 very long time. Um, and I want it to be as close to as I want it to be, I understand things aren't going to be perfect in life and like, you just got to go for it. But I want it to be as close as to the finished product as possible. Um, because <clears throat> I've had friends tell me, Oh, bro, just open, like just open up. I'm like, I mean, but we don't have this, we don't have that. And there's just too many big pieces that we need to get that I, I just refuse to. <laughs> wow, man. Perfection's with it. I love it. Well, I mean, I, it makes sense for, for a guy who's like a world champion to, um, take some pride in your work, but the, there's, there's definitely hype on it, man, to say the least. It's crazy. Like, there's people emailing me saying that they want to come and work for free. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Well, there's a cost you could chop off labor costs. Like, you want to come intern? I'm like, you're the intern, so I get to gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not giving you points towards your high school or it, nothing. It, and gym's interns are short for taking out the trash and cleaning the bathrooms. That's right. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, it doesn't sound half bad then if it's a high school <laughs> kid. Um, have you thought about also coaching as well, or still no? I'm I'm a very I'm a very selfish person when it comes to stuff like that. Um, as 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 an athlete, I'm for me personally, um, I just care about my training. Like at the end of the day, um, you know, I can't I can't sell coaching services when I know damn well like I I just. I'm too focused on my training to give a damn about someone else's training. And that sounds like very like, you know, harsh and, and straight up, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shortchange someone and like accept them as a client when I know damn well I'm not giving them 110%. Like they're just, you know, I, I care about my training too much and I'm focused and, and constantly thinking about my training. So if someone's like hitting me after I finish training, yo, squats didn't move the way I didn't I wanted it to. I'm sitting there like, well, my shit was good. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, my shit is good. So I don't know why you hit me up, bro. You got like, or if it's or if it's the opposite, you have a bad day. Like I, they're like, hey, my my squats and I'm moving well. Like mine's not either. Yeah, I'm trying like, to dissect <laughs> mine first. You know, me first, man. <laughs> are my heels coming up too much? It's like, oh, just fucking look away. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at my heels. What are, what are... Yeah, exactly. So I just know I know myself, and I know that I'm just I just don't have that that coaching eye and that mindset. Uh, especially right now. Do you think um, one of the questions we got from some people was like down the road in the future, um, when you're done competing in powerlifting, do you see yourself, what do you see yourself doing? Do you think you're sticking around in powerlifting uh, to some capacity, if not coaching, you know, maybe it's a gym, maybe it's as, as a brand um, still sponsoring athletes or, or do you think maybe you step away and you have something else that you think you might pursue as different? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, it's kind of hard to answer that question because you see OGs like like a David Ricks or um, a Jen Thompson where they've been lifting for a very, very long time and they're like getting, they are more experienced. I don't want to say getting older. but <laughs> Well done. <laughs> well done. Experience in the sport, they've been around for a very, very long time. So it's kind of hard to say like, okay, I'm going to wrap it up. Like your prime in piloting is a little bit different from your prime in other athletics. So um, it's kind of like wine. You just keep getting better and better and uh, so it's kind of hard to say when or if I walk away as of right now, like I don't see that future, but if I were to walk away, it would be like as a competitor in terms of like trying to be a pillar in the sport, I would still love to be involved. I mean, this gym is, it's kind of tough to say like this gym is, is like a long-term plan because gyms are a horrible business to get into. <laughs> I, I seriously think that we have a pretty good foundation with the gym um, and just like what we could be in the Houston piloting community. And I want to help uh, facilitate more pilots. I want to sponsor lifters. Like if you see a, a person um, in here lifting and putting in hard work, we want to pay for their, their meat, um, you know, have a support system that's going to show up to them, uh, show up and so, uh, support them. So um, I just want to create a culture and an environment in powerlifting here at Curve to Strength. Um, and then I guess like investing, <laughs> investments and um, working on branding and all that. Have you ever thought in terms of like turning corrupted uh, strength, like not anytime soon, but down the road, um, getting coaches on your brand. So not mess, maybe not necessarily yourself, but you're more the CEO, the head of it, but you have your own brand and then coaching in the actual facility for people. And then they're doing programming. Cause once you have coaches in the facility, coaching people, um, I don't even know if you're thinking of having that, but are you going to have coaches in the facility? And, and is there going to be a team like that? 
Yeah, so that's going to be like a long-term plan. Like initially when we first open up, we just want to make sure that we're being accommodating to our members. But obviously, yeah, I, we want to we want to we want a system, we want a team, we want coaches, um, we want all that kind of stuff. We're going to be all-encompassing. The way the way I like to explain it, whenever people ask me, is like we want to be Barbara Brigade 2.0 because that's a huge motivation for me. Bart and Geo and all that crew over there. I think they built something like monumental because Barbara Brigade was kind of like just a piloting gym, right? But it was to bring in all these different people that had these different influences and and uh, lifting past. And we want to create that with Crepes of Strength, focus on the piloting side of that, and then just create like a, a structure and a system that kind of provides like what you mentioned. Um, coaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then someday rolling up to U.S. Raw Nats, you might have um, a Crepes of Strength team. That would be dope. That would be, be great. <laughs> I'd be that'd down be, the road. That would be a dream. Yeah, 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 you never know. Um, and also, in terms of the band, uh, the brand um, Get Better Today, did you, you launched, like, you have some sponsored athletes, and, like, you started taking this to a whole nother level recently. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, it's like, um, so we're doing ambassador programs, so we're bringing people in, um, giving them free clothing, obviously, and then having them promote that through their channels and getting paid to make something. It's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been weird. <laughs> it's been kind of weird. I've never seen um, myself in that type of position. So it's like, yeah, it's something to get used to. It's because you, I mean, look, 2017 was that clip we played. That's not mom. that long ago. That was in my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were, you were, tw- you were a kid. You're 22, not like you're old, old now. Like you're only four years older, but 22 is young, man. Like you were, you know, for sure. And you're, hadn't won any titles yet and like you know so yeah it's think everything's going to be kind of wild how four years later like i'm sponsoring people now like i'm you know it's crazy to to think how quickly things change man who knows in four more years what what's going to be happening i was watching that video and i was like i don't know if it's because like i've gotten more in touch with my emotional side but i was man i was about to cry really (laughs) i was like sitting there i was like Cause, cause when you, when you see old videos of yourself and you remember your mindset and your fears in that particular moment, and it's just like all the stuff that you're manifesting is, is going to come true eventually. Just keep like, it's like, you're almost talking to your past self. So like, just keep working, keep grinding. Um, even, even for like, you know, for yourself too, like, remember what you talked about, what you wanted to be in the pops community. Now you're that times. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so, true. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it's just crazy to go back to those moments. And it's like, damn, I was in my mom's crib, like, <laughs> like talking to you about that shit. And then now four years later, like, you know, some of the stuff that I wanted to do back then I'm doing now. What, what was some of the fears that that young man had? Failure. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Yeah. Failure. Um, at the time, I think at that particular time, I'd already dropped out. I've already dropped out of college, so, um, like, you have all these internal doubts. You're like, was that a good decision? Um, is this social media shit just for like a year or two, and then like everything kind of falls apart? Like, mm-hmm. like, can can you even make this a livable situation? Like, I could be powerlifting and doing all these things on social media, but can I even make money off of it? So. All that stuff was just playing in my head. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being at your mom's crib, but like I was at my mom's crib talking like that. You know what I mean? So it's just like, how does this play out? Because I also have friends around me. Like we all have those friends that really don't make it out of that high school bubble. And they just kind of stay at their mom's crib forever, right? And I wasn't in school at 22. 
and I was in my mom's crib. So it was just like, it was like a double negative for me. So that was like a, that was like one of the things I was thinking about for sure. Um, and what would you tell that young man if you, was to give, if you were to give him advice? I wouldn't tell him anything. I think, I think I did, I think I did everything I had to do. I mean, like, those are just the fears I had in my head. I think I went about everything pretty respectfully. Um, I had, I had the work ethic. At that time, like, I was spending hours in the gym. I was spending hours at night. I was spending, like, you know, just kind of formulating and, and putting together the stuff that I have now. Like, um, I know social media is kind of, like, viewed as a, I mean, not anymore, but back then, it was kind of like a joke. Like, it's like, oh, like, you, you do social media, like, what does that even mean, right? Like, you're a social media entrepreneur, what the fuck does that mean? Um, back then, I'll tell you my schedule. I used to, <laughs> yeah. I used to drive to the gym, work out for maybe three to four hours because number one, I was doing powerlifting and number two, I was doing bodybuilding. So like I would have legitimate powerlifting sessions that take about one hour, uh, one and a half hours to two hours. Um, on top of that, I have my bodybuilding stuff that took another one and a half to two hours. Holy shit. And then um, on top of all of that, I'm filming and recording everything myself. So I'm redoing shit to get the right angle. I'm going to spend time at night editing and I know what to look for. So I used to do all that stuff, right? So that's probably like four hours down at the gym. Drive home, um, eat some food, and then after that, start editing for the night. So editing, <laughs> which is another process, where you're uploading to YouTube video. I wasn't just doing Instagram. I was uploading onto YouTube. Um, that's like another three, four, five hours, depending on how good you want to make your video. Yeah. Um, so that's like a full day of just like being a social media influencer. And then after that, you go to sleep. And then you wake up and then I was like doing a lot of other extracurricular activities, like trying to make a little bit of money to keep myself afloat. Like, uh, that sounded kind of weird. <laughs> sounded like, <laughs> I go, sounds like you're a male <laughs> prostitute for a little while. <laughs> that sounded kind of weird. <laughs> so <laughs> well, what I mean is like, I was, I remember I used to do custom shoes at the time. Okay. So what happened is that people would send me emails about, cause at the time I used to rock uh, these vans that I created back in high school that were like, you know, I used to draw on vans all the time in high school. And uh, people were like, oh, how could I, you know, where did you get those shoes from? Like, do you do that? And I was like, yeah, I, I do actually. So uh, people would send me requests of like different things that they wore on a shoe. I used to draw on that. No um, shit. Yeah, I used to, so I'd wake up, go to the mall, grab a pair of vans, um, draw on it to the client's liking, and then send that out as well. So it was like, a, if I wasn't drawing, I was working out. If I wasn't working out, I was probably... Uh, editing or filming or something like that so yeah i just remember all of those different things that i was doing at the time and just like wondering if that shit was going to pan out and then just to see where it kind of grew into as well it's like it's one of those deals looking backwards like thank god you did but i understand how because it was at the time like a path not blazed yet by yeah. other people like that's a trail that wasn't blazed before you you were doing it yourself you had to blaze that trail for people behind you so now people behind you will be like here's what I'm going to do. Okay. You, they watch what Russ did, et cetera, but they don't understand. Like when 22 year old Russ was like, man, I dropped out of high school. I'm putting four hours. Oh, college, college, college. Or no, no, college. Sorry. College. <laughs> college, college. Wait, your story got better. <laughs> you, you, you go, I think Russ is turning tricks. I, I think that's what he tried to tell me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that was, um okay <laughs> thank you okay college college um but uh but he's in the gym four hours a day 
and then came home and did four hours of editing. And so like an eight hour day into this, not having seen anyone before him really take the powerlifting path, having done that yet in 2017. You know, there are others, people with YouTubes, but doing that path was entirely unique. And you're going to have this moment where you're like, am I, am I fucking kidding myself? Am I lying to myself? Or is this real? And not knowing it's like, yeah, it's real. Like you're going to be the first though. Mm -hmm. Even, even so, like there was, there were people around me that were doing, like I was surrounding myself with people that were doing social media, but at the same time, like social media isn't like an antiquated equation. Like you're not going to put, you're not going to put X amount of work and then just automatically like have it pan out. Like you can work all you want. And sometimes shit just doesn't hit bro. Like, yeah. It just don't, just don't smack. I'll be posting shit. I'm like, oh, this is fire. It's like nothing. I'm just like, oh, damn. <laughs> well, that was my Wednesday. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, well, fuck. That's, that's most people's experiences. Like people, I think it's such a, I think it's somewhat of a scam for, to have those social media, um, like, what are, what are those things called? Social media. Is it like. Consulting like, firms or whatever, like. Like a firm that helps you with social media? Yeah, you could, yeah. I mean, you could you could create certain posts that might do better than what you originally are doing before. But like at the end of the day, sometimes shit just hit. Like you can't pay for charisma. You can't yeah. pay for certain things, right? Um, so you could be like, once again, I was around people that were kind of doing what I was doing. No one was like in the actual pilots room. Um, I mean, I didn't know Johnny, um, but he was doing more informational based. Like, you know, this is how you do things. I was doing more so a format where I'm vlogging my, training style and I'm vlogging like you know my daily life and then trying to make that work um, mm-hmm. you're around people that are doing something like that but at the same time like social media isn't just like a oh you put you know put put five years of work and it's going to pay off it's, it's not like that that's what makes it scary and you're right yeah. yeah Johnny did it but you weren't you and Johnny's channels aren't the same like you didn't take the Johnny path so it's like you still knew I'm not doing what Johnny's doing and if I try to do what Johnny's doing it's not going to come off the same like it's just not you can't do that you can't you can't try to do just like Johnny can't do you you can't do Johnny it's not the way it's going to go so um yeah but things all worked out that's why it's it's good and it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the next four years in terms of all these plans um do you have like do you try to look to like, do you have goals set for five-year plan, 10-year plan, or you take it piece by piece? Nah, piece by piece. I feel like you could have a general idea. That's cool. But yeah. Shit's going to hit the fan. <laughs> it is. It is hard, man, because this isn't the way things work anymore, right? Like these, what's your, what's your 10-year plan? Are you fucking kidding me? Look what happened in 2020. <laughs> right? like, I, it's funny because I had a, I had like a two or three-year plan actually. And you know, COVID shit and all that. So <laughs> I, I, I try to master a new thing every single year. Um, and uh, 2020 was supposed to be master, master, not master, but you know, start teaching myself how to be a, a gym owner, a successful gym owner. That's what 2020 was supposed to be. That shit got fucked up. Yeah. And then 2021 was supposed to be. Um, well, I can't talk about that here, but it was <laughs> no, okay, I got it. it's okay. <laughs> it was supposed to be coming after that, and then 2022 was supposed to be when I, you know, get my crib, and then I mean that, you know, stuff gets pushed back. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, um, sounds good. I do actually. Uh, a couple people are asking. So in terms of we said about the 83s, obviously uber competitive. Um, when you look at people like 
who do you think are the biggest threats? Have you seen the recent roster? I was looking at the roster with Arian before we came on. And there's, because we had a two-year gap, and it was 2019 last time we had Nats, and we're in 2021 now. Some people are popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. Are, do you pay attention to some of these people? Are you trying not to? Or like, what's your view on it? And do you see certain people now? Because obviously Sean's hit uh, 825 twice in a row now. So now it's kind of like, okay, the first time he hit it, but then he hit it again. So it's not like a one-off. So we got, he laid down a flag anyways, 825. And he's going to try to build from there. So it's like, are you paying attention to these things and how do they motivate you? Um, okay, for I want to talk about doing local meets. Sure. I personally do not fear something or fear what someone does in a local meet because there was no pressure. Um, local meets are just a little bit different. If you're a high-level competitor, you're supposed to go and blow up a local meet. Like that's mm -hmm. what that should be a prerequisite if you're a high-level lifter. Local meets should be something that you do just maybe tune up or, or you know. I'm just trying to test the waters a little bit. So I don't view, like, if I did a local meet, my numbers would look ridiculous, too. Like, so I don't really put too much weight into that. Like, when I see, like, an 83 or, like, a, another person in a different weight class go blow up a local meet, it doesn't hit the same for me if I were to see them do that, like, in IPF Worlds or around Nationals. Um, just because the stakes are different. You have people breathing down your neck. You have to make certain judgment calls. Um, so for me personally, it just doesn't, it doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I say that because I did a, I did a very, I did a, not even a local meet. I did a fucking max out day, right? A glorified max out day. Um, that me was shit. <laughs> like, what do you mean? What do you say that? What do you mean we say that? Well, because I say that because number one, first of all, like, you know, I was telling them, so, okay. So I was like, yo, they were being very technical. They were treating like an actual me. I was like, yo, like some of these people, it's like their first time competing. So let's get that press command a little bit faster. Right. So for me, like the press command was, it was pretty fast. Like, you know, um, squat, like actually squat was, squat was pretty good. Deadlift, I, you know, I fucking dropped, like I dare, I dropped weight. That shit was not passing a, in a, um, in an actual meet, you know? Yeah. So I think that like, I'm, I'm able to be real with myself and I understand like, okay, the last time that I was out there, like the last time I did an actual meet was around nationals where I went six for nine. Um, so I don't look at my last quote unquote mock me that I did and and see that as like a solid building block. It's more so just like the training. Um but that's why I just brought up the the whole uh the whole meat thing. Yeah, but, yeah. I got yeah, you. I mean I'm always I'm like I'm always very respectful of everyone that's coming up because like I said, like I mentioned earlier, it's any given meat day. Like anything can happen. Like I could damn near bomb out. Now my total is like suffering right and i'm playing catch up with people that are like hitting their marks and um everyone's capable i mean you got jamal jamal's been squatting stupid <laughs> stupid weights oh i remember now you bro you called you call okay i love jamal shout out to jamal you called jamal mike tyson dog no 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 i was in the bro i was in the gym i was in the gym talking about shit because like when i train i'm very like um some days are more animated than others, but I'm like, oh, you got motherfuckers out here calling oh, motherfuckers, Mike Tyson. <laughs> I looked at my boy, I was like, hey, Alex, I ain't never been in a meeting for like a motherfucker was Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he's Tyson, I'm Ali. If he's Tyson, I'm Ali. That's, that's, yeah. It, um... I, 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 look, I like that type of shit, you know what I mean? So 
yeah, but I, but like I going back to that point, I, I respect him because he's capable. Um, well, wait. <laughs> he's he's so here's the thing. Um, Jamar's got he's got a he, he's triples. I don't want to misspeak. I think he's triple seven hundred. No, or doubled seven hundred. He triple he triple six eighty three. So I was gonna try and. Okay. Okay. You, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, so there you go. Um, but remember, he had a really cool story about how he was on the podcast and he said he had met you long before he had ever like started competing or maybe just started. And he's like, "You're you're gonna know about me soon." And you were like, "Okay, man, cool." He goes, "Can I get a picture with you?" And you're like, "Yeah, cool." And you're like, "All right." And you're doing. It seemed like a fan moment that how many times people might say things like, "I'm the next one." And then um, he was like, he, he just had that inner belief, like you were talking about as well. Right. And um, like, he's got, he's actually got a really phenomenal uh, background story. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he just needs to put it together on that freaking play. I said, now I'm like, if he doesn't squat seven hundo on the platform of 2021, I'm deleting King of the list. You gotta be careful, man, because shit like that be happening. So- I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> at least, at least sell it to me for a dollar or something. <laughs> I got to back it up. Uh, so going back to that point, like it's it's kind of tough because I respect all these lifters training, right? Um, they're putting up phenomenal numbers. It's just that whenever we get to raw nationals, I mean, people may or may not fall short of what they're expected to do. Um, mm-hmm. So like even for myself, like last raw national, I went six for nine. Like I remember you you talked about how you know we might have two eighty threes hit seven hundred pounds on squat. I couldn't like I, I damn near bombed down on squat. So, I mean, shit happens. That's why I'm like, it's kind of hard to, uh, man, it's kind of hard to like, I guess, predict who's going to be who and, and all that kind of stuff due to the fact that like, like I said, like you could do these local meets and put up these great numbers, but when you step on the platform against other people that can do the same shit, um, all of a sudden, like things become different. Uh, the numbers look a little bit different. So, um, yeah, but overarching, yeah, I respect everyone. Um, just because I know, like, if I fuck up, they're going to take it. And, you know. Yeah. It's too close. Does that create more anxiety or does that create calmness when you walk in there and it's like, who knows, man? Who knows? I'm not going to overthink it. Or is it like, holy fuck, man, any one of these guys could take it? Like, it, which way does that steer for you? Or, is it, or does it tip back and forth from depending on how the day, you know, like, because you're human. So to let you in on, like, a private conversation. Yeah, okay. A private conversation me and Joey had. I, I, I use that to fuel my training. So like my concerns about other lifters fuels my training. It's just like, fuck, this guy's coming up now. Fuck, Jamal just fucking tripled 683. Like I didn't even know that was possible. Um, Delaney, I think Delaney just hit like a 440 bench. Looked really good. Yeah. That squat too. Uh, Gruden is Gruden. Gruden is strong. Sean is strong. Sean is strong. So it's just like, I have anxiety about their possible performances on the platform. Anxiety in a good way that motivates me to push me and like, you know, uh, work harder. But when I'm on the platform, like on the actual meet day, when I'm like with these other lifters, it's more so like a calming, chill sense that makes sense. Because last Raw Nationals, I damn near bombed out. (laughs) At the same time, like, I was chilling. Like, I was like, I got, I don't know, it's weird. It's like, I got this. Like, I feel like I'm battle tested in a sense to where like, I'm going to do what I got to do in order to win. Like, whether you know, I hit a great performance or I have a shitty performance, I feel like I'm always going to come up on top. Um, that's just my mindset with that. So, like, I have anxiety about it now. Like, 
I'm like, ah, oh, shit, man, I don't know. Like, you know, these dudes, these dudes are looking pretty strong. Like my training ain't, you know, hitting the way it used to hit right now. Um, but when I step on the platform, I'm very confident about my ability to kind of fight through whatever adversity is, uh, you know, showing itself on the day. Um, so I just look at it as like, I'm ready to battle with whoever is, is going to be there that day. It's a, uh, um, and Aaron, if you got questions, you go ahead. I know I'm talking a lot, homie, but um, I, I would just wanted to say, it reminds me of a Mike, we've been talking about Mike Tyson and it reminds me of Mike Tyson talked about um, fear and anxiety. And he said, uh, like, because Tyson's a savage in it, right? Ferocious. And he's like, I feel anxiety, but it's like fire. Where um, fighter you can use or fire if it's misused can burn down your house. He's like, yeah. but I'm, when I'm in, when I'm in training, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid he's going to do this. He's going to do that. So I get up early and I jog and I box more rounds and I don't, I don't, you got to pull me out of the gym because I'm afraid of what my opponent's going to do. When I'm in the warm up room, ready to go out there to fight him. I'm afraid. I feel the anxiety and they come out and they say five minutes, Mike. And he knows, okay, the team's getting ready to throw the towel over my head and I'm getting ready and the fear is pumping, the fear is pumping and I'm afraid, but I'm not scared of him. but I'm afraid, but I'm not scared of him. And it's like, man, I'm sh not entirely sure I know what he means by that, but probably I feel the anxiety, but I'm going to do it. I think is what he meant. And he said, as I'm walking closer and closer to the ring, the, I'm echoing to myself, I'm ready. I pulled all stops and the fear is starting to subside, starting to subside. And then he said, by the time I dip through those ropes and enter the ring, I'm a God. Yeah, that's, I, I, I know that's, bro, that speech is, uh... Oh, you know that speech. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 perfect to explain kind of like how I how I think about you know the build up to me. Um, I didn't even mention with the private conversation me and Joey had, but it was more so just like he feels like we we over prepare only for us to show up and like things not be what we thought it was going to be. Um, so it's kind of like that. It's like you're working, you're scared, you're scared, you're scared, you're fucking worried about what the next man's going to do. You're warming up, and it's like all right, like five minutes to start. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, man. Like, <laughs> you don't see it, but in my head, I'm like, whoo, shit. All right, <laughs> this, is, this is the time. I'm, I'm fucking ready. Let's go. And then it's like, uh, what's what do they say before you walk out? Shit, it's uh, uh well, they say like obviously, bars yeah, bars loaded. Yeah. And I'm like, and then as soon as I step on the platform, I'm almost smiling because I'm so ready. I'm just like, ah, oh, yes, like I missed this shit. And like, I try not to look into the crowd because I just get too hyped. I just try to calm myself down. I'm just like, here we go. So then we start. It's, it's kind of, I, I like that uh, explanation. That's perfect. It's a, uh, I want to say about Steffi Cohen told me something on the podcast. I'll bring that up in one second. Um, mm -hmm. But was that what it was like at the world's when you pulled your last dead and you had that smile on your face, but as you're walking out there and the bar is loaded and it's the world championships like, did you have to pull for the, did you need that last dead for the win? How did that go again? I don't remember how it went. Yeah. So from what I was told after, I didn't need that last pull. Like I'd already won when Brett missed, I think, or something like that. And then like the last pull was just to add a little more sauce for like the total, uh, for the world record. Uh, okay. Did you, so, you didn't know that though? I didn't know that at the time because he's hyping me up as if like, as if like I need this pull to win. So I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> so in my head, I'm just like, it was more so of a calming effect. It's like, bro, like you're gonna you're gonna pull this and you know secure the win. <laughs> so I, I didn't feel like uh, when you're in the moment, you don't feel scared. It's just more so like, oh, I can't. This is gonna this is gonna look cool. Like it's gonna be cool. 
so. And you, you didn't like, you just, you weren't like, you didn't feel anxiety or pressure. Like, holy shit, this is the world championships right now. I mean, I'm anxiety out by that time. <laughs> yeah. I did that shit for five, uh, you know, four or five months, man. Like once you get in the moment, like if you, if you've done everything that you could possibly do for me, at least I don't feel anxiety in the moment. Like I, I, I fucking did that up for five months. Why am I feeling that now? Mm. Um, I feel like the heightened sense of, a, uh, you know, sensation obviously like I'm, I'm stimulated but nervous for the moment nah it's just more so just like Ooh, okay shit let's do this yeah yeah um it's it's aaron were you about to say something uh, no i was just gonna say from from my experience from worlds uh russ was one of the guys that like lay like says he's more like chill like calm like warming up and stuff like that uh joey was the one who was like a little more freaking out about depth and like hey should we switch a single to this other color because maybe they can't see better this and that and then and but the whole time Russ was like, like chill. And like, when we told him like, Hey, this is, this is the third squat you need to hit. Like, you know, really cement the squat to build up for the total. He went out and did it. He stuck with him, fought through. And, and, and as we said, yeah, once Russ, uh, once Brett missed his, uh, third deadlift, we already had the win from there was like, you know, figuring out the world record total. And also the world record deadlift. There was some guys going back and forth. We we're trying to see if we can keep up with them. And then I was like, we'll just take this. I think it was 325 kilos, even though Russ was like, yo, I can do more than that. We, we took what we could just like, you know, bump up that, that, uh, world record total, get the deadlift up high and then see if these other guys can hit the world record or not. Uh, but like at that world championship, there's a few guys like Charles Opoco and Taylor Atwood were like the other guys that were like, you know, they were chill. They've been to worlds before. Like they went out there, they know they can hit those weights that we put on the bar and they were confident like that versus, yeah, you have some people like it might be their first time in a world championship, first time seeing these referees and being in another country and like that. And they, they, like, you know, they're a little bit more of the deer in the hair, headlights. What do, what's the difference between your first experience and your, uh, 2019 experience Russ? Did you feel different yourself? Yeah, I got my ass beat the first time. <laughs> were you, where did you feel like, holy shit, this is wild? When is the first Worlds, or how did you, do you remember? Um, no, not really. I think um, it, I treat every, so for the most part for me, like uh, emotionally, every meet that I compete in is pretty much the same because I only really do two meets a year. Um, so whether it's at Raw Nationals, I'll say actually Raw Nationals is probably a little bit more, uh, a little bit nerve wracking because there's a lot more people. Um, yeah 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 so <clears throat> it's also kind of hard to lift because like you're looking out to the crowd and they're just like it's like a lot of lights like a lot of phones i'm just like uh, <laughs> um ipf worlds is a lot more chill like i actually had to maybe mentally have myself a little, uh, up a little bit more just because it's a lot more reserved um the crowd is somewhat non-existent and you're just kind of there lifting um so i was i get more nervous for our nationals wild though but brett's brett's at worlds but like so yeah it's so with, with that like i said it's like well brett so with brett i know like he's he i i personally i think brett's stronger than me right so what? now you think so really you know, I, I think if everything is clicking for both of us i think he's just going to be stronger than me um, holy shit i did not expect you to say that kind sir <laughs> I mean, I've always said that to other people. I don't mean. Whoa, no shit. I mean, I always, I pers that's just my personal opinion. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I think if you maxed out Brett, um, or if, like, you know, no injuries, nothing, like Brett is just, you know, at peak performance level. His perfect day is probably going to be a little bit more than my perfect day, but I don't know. Um, you know, as of right now, like, I know I'm still kind of growing and stuff like that, but. Um, I knew going into 2019 Worlds that, like, if he pops off, like, 
he's gonna beat me. <laughs> like, that's just it. Um, it was just more so capitalizing on whatever mistakes he might make on the day or uh, many, or any li uh, lifts that he's gonna miss. So it's just like, make sure we stay nine for nine and give ourselves an opportunity to win at the end. But yeah, I think he's, I think if he has a perfect day and I have a perfect day, maybe two years ago, he's stronger than me. I don't know about now. I feel like, you know, I'm making- Yeah, do, do you think, do you think like, um, cause obviously it's, it's a beautiful sports rivalry because you're one in one now. Mm. Sheffield would have been an amazing place to, to have that trilogy breaking. But how much does it mean, do you think, career-wise, if you're looking back, like that you have a sports rival that's like, you show up and you're like, holy shit, he's here. All right, here we go. And when people are like, who has he ever faced, you know, or someone's trying to be like, you're, you're like we said earlier, if we double back, you're dodging competition and you could say, excuse me, pardon me. But have you heard about Brett Gibbs? He's pretty good. And, and I'm battling him at the IPF Worlds. Like nobody can say much when you have a guy like that in your era. You know, like you weren't, you did come around in a soft era, so to speak. Um, so what do you think? How do you think it, it means? Like what if Brett wasn't, what if he stopped now? Would that impact you, do you think? <laughs> even though it's weird because even though you're like, holy shit, I think he might be stronger than me. But at the same time, I hope he shows up every time. Like, it's such a wild thing. Most people would be like, fuck, I hope he doesn't show up. Uh, I think uh, because I understand, like, I understand what his role in um, my training is. Like, I think he's stronger than me, so I got to train that much harder to even give myself a chance. Um, I can't miss days. I can't, you know, feel, I can't be pouty and all that type of shit. Iron sharpens iron. So he's strong as shit, and it keeps me, it keeps me working. It keeps me honest. It gives me something to kind of, like, work towards. Um, so I would, I would, I would be very, uh, be very sad if he uh, just kind of like stopped competing. I, I want him to compete because I want to face off against him again. I'm sure he wants the opportunity to, to compete against me again. I'm sure he looked at 2019 Worlds like, I was injured, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna come back and beat your ass, like, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because I don't know. I feel like if you have that person that, that contends you all the time and also they're gone, it's just kind of like you have like this weird hole now. Just like, what, like, what else, like, what do I push for now? Like, do I have to form a different monster in my head to kind of compete against or what? Um, but at the same time, nationals is, is, is hard too. So. Isn't it wild, man? It's almost like he's, he's like your ultimate training partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone. Like he's, he's with you. He's with, he ain't there, but he's with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's calling, he's calling your depth. You know, when you're, when you're done, he's, he's that voice in your head. It's like, was that deep enough? When you're pausing that bench, you hear Brett's voice, you know, that fucking Kiwi voice being like, you rush, you rush the pause. You rush the pause a little, but that's fine. You're like, son of a bitch. Who knows, man? I mean, from what I understand, I guess all the competition is going to the USBA now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and if you ever, like, do you think at some point, like, can you, because like Brett lives on the other side of the world. It'd be wild. I, I'm, I'm a big boxing guy. I love watching these documentaries where these former champions later on in life sit down, have dinner, a couple of drinks, and then they start talking. Like, do you think at some point you and Brett, like if you guys clash like four or five times over world championships, titles go back and forth. Like how, how much conversation have you and Brett been able to have on the one-on-one -on -one just to shoot the shit and be like, God damn, man, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Or you guys aren't even, or you guys not even there yet because you're in the middle of it and it would, you can't do that yet because it yeah. fucking ruins, it ruins everything I just told you about him being a training partner. 
Um, if I'm being honest, we don't have we don't have that much interaction. Not really. Like it's not like we hate each other. It's just like more of a respect thing. And um, you know, whenever we run into each other, it's it's you know the, the typical how you doing? Like how's training going on? Like you look good, man. Yeah. You just wanna, you know, walk away. It's not like we're DMing each other and check up with each other all the time. Um, I think uh, at Last Worlds, um, it's like a little bit awkward. Not like between me and him, but it's like you're you're literally just like sitting next to all these guys that you want to be in. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird. But we were trying to have we we're trying to talk about something, uh, and it was like let's just focus on the competition. <laughs> it's more so just like quick, uh, you know, quick exchanges, and then it's like all right, cool, like you know, cool exchange, and then you go lift. Yeah, it's it's tough because you you try to be polite, but at the same time, like this is getting awkward because both of us are pretending that we are totally mind wrapped on what we're about to do. And we're trying to do, we're both pretend. It's like, let's just stop pretending, right? Let's just take care of business. And, you, know uh, you know what it is? I was, maybe it was me creating that in my head. Cause like, if he wasn't trying to sun me, but just like inside of my head, I know it happened the year prior. And like, he, like he won and like, he was super happy and he was jumping in the back room and I'm sitting there, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sitting there like kind of tight. I got Joey congratulating him. I got Tina congratulating him. I'm like, damn. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Housing's <laughs> a big family and all that shit. But I was just like, I was like, man, I don't like this feeling at all. And when I got on the podium, I'm sitting there with like, like, you know, I'm just sitting there like second place. I'm just like, I'm like <laughs> take all this in because like, bro, next year we're not doing this shit. Like, to fucking get embarrassed. It was like embarrassing. So when I saw him again, like those feelings were like, Nah, you, I know what you did to me last year, bro. We ain't, <laughs> I ain't trying to be cool with you. You wouldn't be cool with me now because, you know. <laughs> it's wild. It, it's almost easier to not be cool with them, to walk in with some feelings because it motivates you, though. Like, to be honest, like, you know, um, and he probably feels the same way now, too, because now he took it now. And now it's one and one. And now he's probably got certain feelings about it too. Like, fuck, man, people are closing the door on me, et cetera. Um, that's why like later on in life, it's always interesting when you see like sporting rivals meet and they pose for pictures and you're like, and it's like a lifetime ago, like 10 years goes by and neither, neither one of you guys are the same human you were 10 years earlier. And it's like, holy shit. Now we could talk and be like, do you remember when this happened? And stuff like that. Like you, sh the only, it's weird because the only two people in the world that will understand are both you and him. Mm. the pressure and meeting each other every year at worlds, et cetera. Mm. Only he knows what it felt like to be on the other side in those exact moments, you know, cause he felt he took an L you took an L and then you meet again and et cetera. Like, you know, and then you both win. He took a win. You took a win. Like you both felt it. Mm. So uh, it's a weird relationship, man. And he probably felt the exact same way when he's training as well, that you're in his head. And he's like, fuck me. Right? I would have loved to compete against his job. Yeah. I would have loved to just, I just would have loved to compete against him. I like, I like people that are like, um, just undeniably great. So I just, I, I think it just would have been fun because I know it would have pushed me to work harder and be that much more um, in tune with my training at the time. Um, just because I, when I first started piloting, he was the bar. Like, I thought I would be good. And then I looked up this guy's numbers. I'm like, who the fuck is John? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, was this equipped? I think this is equipped numbers and they accidentally <laughs> dropped them in his, that's what you're telling yourself. You're like, oh, did I stumble on the wrong page here? Did I tab out the wrong tab? This is equipped. John Hackman was constantly. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a character. Yeah, that would have been, I mean, it is what it is. He can't go back now. So, but I know what you mean. It's the coulda, woulda, shoulds. But um, it would have been fun, period. I don't care who would have won. I just like to share a platform with people like that. Kind yeah, of- man, for sure. Um, I was going to say so about the Steffi Cohen thing before I forget. Um, you were talking about how, you know, using visualization. And she actually said, so she bombed out at US Current um, one, one year at the Current Open. And she said, um, you always picture people, athletes, period, picture the best case scenarios unfolding and you visualize it, bring it into reality, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when things start going wrong, like for instance, what started happening with yourself at the Raw Nationals when you missed two squats. And she said, like it, it started going wrong with her and she ended up bombing. And I think the previous performance, she might've bombed twice in a row or had a bad performance anyways. And she said, when things started going wrong in the heat of battle, I had not, I only use positive visualization. So when I started missing, it was like the anxiety hit because it went, I was not prepared. And it's that weird, holy fuck, I'm about to. And she said, what turned it around for her? And then she started hitting PRs and people thought, oh, she's done. And then obviously we know she wasn't done. But um, she said, what turned it around for her? She went to a sports psychologist and he said, stop only visualizing or he or she only visualizing positive. That's not life visualize missing a lift, missing two, battling back and winning. Visualize back on the wall, feeling anxiety. Your coach is like, holy fuck, keep it together. And he's like, actually think about what that would feel like though. Not just in your head, like a movie, bring yourself there and then you win and continue different pathways like that. So that when you actually step foot on the platform where shit doesn't go right, because it never does. Um, or very rarely anyways, you start realizing, okay, keep your head on your shoulders. We yeah. can do this. And as she said, that's a huge game changer. Do you do any kind of like visualize? How much visualization do you do? Um, I know I compete twice a year, but I probably compete like a thousand different times. A year. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so a lot. Yeah, I, I, I formulate a lot of different scenarios. Um, a lot of different, like I, I take it down to the minute factors of like, what am I, what song am I gonna listen to when I'm about to hit like my second attempt on bench or like, where am I going out to eat whenever we collect this dub? Like where, like I'm thinking of all these different things. Like how is my, <laughs> sounds so stupid, but what am I gonna, what caption am I gonna use on my, like on my post about Ron National? Like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I've done that, that's true. Yeah, it helps me visualize, <laughs> it helps me visualize the whole experience, right? And I think about a lot of different things. I've thought about me losing and having to take a picture Shout out to uh, Jamar. I visualize myself having to take a picture with Jamar and saying, like, I'm very happy for this guy to win. Like, all that kind of stuff. I've, I've thought about these things, right? He's um, going to love that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, I'm just trying to yeah. be, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I've thought about me having to post about this guy winning, having to say, like, okay, what are you going to do if you lose? Like, how are you going to act? Are you going to be, like, are you going to pull a Cam Newton and, and walk out of the press conference? Or are you going to go sit there, congratulate the winner? Um and, and give them these good blessings and, and keep it moving or like how are you gonna go about that so hmm. i think about losing i think about a tough win i think about you know an amazing win i think about all this kind of stuff so um for me kind of like what i said before i just prepare for the day and then whatever happened on the day is what happened i'm kind of okay with the result because i've competed in this meet like a thousand different times in a thousand different ways <laughs> you're like um when the avengers fought thanos and fucking Dr. Strange was like <laughs> running through every possible. <laughs> and he goes, how is it that Jamar wins? 
there's a two percent chance but it happens if i've seen it and then you roll through that's what you froze for a second is he froze for you arian yeah okay hang on a sec we haven't frozen this whole time how how are you for time, by the way, Arian? I'm, I'm good. Third attempt, we're gonna get that. Like, I'm going to get my third attempt. I'm not even worried about that because um, Joey's like, Joey's in the back, bro. Like, but you gotta. I'm just like, yo, relax. I remember telling him, and I'm like, relax. Relax. We get it. We get it. And I got it, and I was like, okay, thank God, I got that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, you you just try your best to. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I've I've seen people where like one thing goes wrong and the whole meat's fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be that way. Like, you know, you, you, you should have an ability to bounce back. Um, and like, what's cool for me is like that last meet that I did, it was so shit. Like that was like probably one of my worst meets. <laughs> but like, I was still able to, I think tie my world record total. Um, so it's just like, that is, a, that is a sign that I was able to battle through a shitty day and still come up on top. That's why I'm excited for me, because I'm like, whatever that meet or whatever that day is going to present, I'm going to battle. I'm going to take, I'm going to try my best to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it, it is, um, once the battle starts, you have control over very few things that like you have control over yourself. So, so the things you can control, like when you talk about, you know, I, I know the music I'm going to listen to. I know where we'll go out afterwards. Like if you can just at least focus on the few little things that you can control, and you know when you go into battle, you have that. I, I do remember how freaking remarkably calm, cool, collected you were, even though it looked like you were about to bomb out. And I was like, how the fuck is this guy so goddamn calm about this? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know the funny thing, not to bring it up, but it is what it is now. You you were you were on the podcast before going into the nationals, and you were you was literally one of the themes of the podcast was you addressing people saying you were squatting high, and you're like man, what the fuck? I'm tired of people talking shit. <laughs> and then, and then, was, yeah, yeah, and then I, was, I was watching the live feed and, um, and I was like, oh no. And someone goes, yo, wasn't he just on that podcast talking about? And I was like, oh no. He, like, I'm so glad you didn't bomb. You turned it around and it's all as well. It ends well. It is what it is, but. That's hilarious. Like, um, yeah, that's funny. I remember talking about like, if you go look at my lifts, I'm just, yeah. I don't get, I don't get red lights on squat, bro. Like, yeah, you went big. <laughs> you went big. You said that. Yeah, you went big. That is what it is. You still won. I mean, it makes for a better story now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I got a couple here more questions here that I wanted to ask about. Uh, some people wanted, um, what's your favorite lift to train? Um, when it's my, oh man, it's hard to. <laughs> I feel like for, I don't know, for, for me, it's like on and off. Like if my bench is feeling good, I'm excited to bench. If my squat's feeling good, I'm excited to squat. If my deadlift's feeling good, I'm excited to up. I feel like uh, the one I'm most excited about is deadlift because you, it's the lift that you're probably going to push the amount of, uh, move the most amount of weight on. So whatever deadlift is like clicking, I love deadlifting. Like I just, I love it. And here's a question. Who would look better Rocking the um, get better today camel pants, me Bill or Bill Arian Rory or six pack Labadat. <laughs> oh man, are you in the shoes? Sure. 
No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever has the best shoe game. Man, I saw that meme they posted to me fucking saying, like, people over 5'9 wearing my Get Better Today camo pants. I was like, man, fuck. Oh, I see that, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, fuck. I saw that this morning. I was like, fuck y'all. Fuck that. <laughs> Ryan wearing the pants would probably be the most beneficial for the brand. Well, there you go. They're stretching. Oh. There we go. Do you pay attention often to, to like meme pages and shit like that, or like any kind of that kind? Like, you know what I notice about you, and this is what I like. Um, no matter what people are doing, if people do videos trying to talk shit, comments or whatever, you always like. How do you not get pulled into like into it and just be like? Because here's something that I try to tell myself. When I was younger, I wasn't as good as it, but the older I get, the better I'm at with it. No response is sometimes the best response. Yeah. And it's a fucking powerful one because mm. it makes you look big. And mm. if somebody tries to get a response, but can't get one, now they look, it turns on them and now they look small. The only time it actually, the game opens up is if you respond, oh, now we're going back and forth and let's see what, let's see who wins. But if it's like, if someone tries to shoot, and you just keep it moving and don't respond. You look big, like you're too big to respond. Cause we've all been in those situations at cer certain points and nobody, they, the person doesn't even turn their like, like there's a reason why if you clap at a celebrity, you're like, you're not, they're not going to fucking clap back. Like, a, like a, <laughs> someone, someone like <laughs> fucking Leonardo DiCaprio or something, right? They lower themselves to clap back. Mm. So uh, there's something that I admire about you that you like, even though it's not that, I'm not saying you're Leo Leonardo Caprio and these guys are B actors, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying um, that's that's a blown up version of it. But you seem to take the high road and be like, you know how 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 do you how do you do that, man? How do you how do you like maintain that? Um, it's like a lot of different things. Uh, so number one is like, I mean, it's not it's not like it's like just easy, you know? No, you I know. Yeah, yeah. You want to pop back at anyone's talking shit or just like you know trying to mean you or whatever. Um, I've had a couple instances, like people don't even, probably don't even know, but like people will like say things towards me and like, I could see it, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm never really gonna respond publicly. Like I might say a very generic statement back, but you will never know who I was replying about or replying to. But um, I think it's just, I'm trying to like figure out, it's kind of like what you said, you kind of laid it out perfectly. It's like having a response to someone that or some negative comments just kind of maybe validates what that person is saying because it feels like it touched you in a way. Yeah. Um, and if like your response, you make it bigger than it was probably originally. Um, so like, for example, I don't know if, I don't know if TD was talking about me, could have been about something <laughs> yeah. about that, right? If I felt like he, if, if I responded to that, now it's bigger than it had to be. Like, right. you know, yeah, yeah. I, I gave my opinion, he gave his opinion, keep it pushing, like it's not that big of a deal. Um, but you know, you can have your opinions on me at the end of the day. I'm not here to, I'm not here to please people. I'm here to do what I do. And you know, you can say whatever you want about it. What you take from it is what you take from it. That's kind of like where I'm at with it. And then, um, I, yeah. I, um, cause I try to do the exact same thing with like King of the List. I tell myself, A, this is not a personal account. So I can't take things personally. So when people talk shit, like King of the List always does this or that, or like whatever, mm -hmm. um, or, or like sometimes I'll get personal, man. Sometimes I'll get personal and like DMs and like if I say something on the podcast and they like then it's straight up personal, whatever. But I tell myself like, 
there's something to the point of being too big to not being available, not being reachable. I will never even open that DM request so that you know I read it. And even though I fucking seen the first few sentences and I know that you told me off. And, and there's something to the point of, let them feel that. Let them look at it like, holy, like King of Lifts is like a, it, they're not going to respond back. And sometimes when you do, they'll be like, oh, fuck, I didn't even expect you to respond. And you're like, I sh-. and then that's when I tell myself, I fucking shouldn't have. <laughs> right? Like, what am I doing? It's, it's, there's something to the point of like, be too big, be too big. That's your, no response is your response. You, you, you know, I'm not going to argue with you if I don't respect your opinion. I'm going to get nowhere. Why would I do that? Or you just don't want to waste the time. Like when I first got started, it's like, you know, I had to be in every single argument. I had to like, you know, prove to everyone why I'm right or, or why these like, you know, multiply squats are all high and everything like that. And then, you know, you get older and you got too busy with other things to do and like, you don't even got time to respond to this. Like, it's not going to give me any benefit. And I got all this other work that I got to get done. Yeah. Or, or you will, you, you want to clap back. You want me to mention your name and have a little back and forth. Now your platform's bigger. Won't happen. (laughs) And if I get a sense that that's what you're doing, not only will you not get a clap back, you just will get ignored. Yeah. And that's all you'll get. You will burn a bridge. Congratulations. But (laughs) you will will not get any traction, any nothing. You'll get ignored. And we just move forward. They'll they'll try to poke at you to get a response. Sure. Create a controversy so like they can get more followers. I remember I had that happen, I think last year. Um, Yeah, I had that happen last year. So it just kept baiting me. I'm just like, I'm I'm not gonna respond to this. Like, I'm just like, I see everything, but I'm just not gonna respond to it. Like, I don't really care. (laughs) It it is, and it's not easy, but um, it's like, it is far more powerful though. Yeah, it, it really is, man, because it does make it from an outside perspective. I've seen other people trying to poke um, other people and uh, the, the bigger entity doesn't poke, like keeps moving. And then it makes the person look small, like they can't get their attention. Whereas if someone else was really big, clapped at them, they would have to respond because that's too big to not respond. So it looks really bad when you clap and the person doesn't respond because you're not big enough that they have to. Like if someone big enough came, I would be like, fuck, I'd have to have a quick meeting and be like, I think we might have to address this. This is getting a little out of hand. (laughs) Um, But if there's nobody like that, that's very powerful. Yeah. To actually be like, I don't need to have that meeting for you. (laughs) Like really think about someone that, is like really like trying to poke at you and really come come at you and like really commenting on your shit and just trying to you know just talking shit just being a little dickhead right? I'm like, bro, you got a whole ass girlfriend, dog. Like, bro, go like, go be with your girl or like. I remember one time. Oh, he froze again. Yeah. Shit. Hang on. I hope it comes back. Ah, damn it. We're missing the best story ever, Arian. <laughs> I think he's talking about you, by the way. Stop commenting on my shit. Like, I don't Russ, you pause you pause for a second. We we oh. missed you froze right after you said 
You said, and I think this is directed towards Arian, so I want to pick it back up. You said you have a hope ass girlfriend. And, 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 oh, I think, and I think it was Arian. And, and I think you were talking to Arian, and, and I just want you to pick up right there. Cause no, no, okay. So I was saying, like, when you have these people commenting and like berating you and just like constantly coming at you, sometimes I just go to the page. I'm like, let's see what this guy got going on. Man. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's like, bro, you have a whole girlfriend. Like, bro, go focus on being a good boyfriend, dog. Go focus on your girlfriend. Like, or like, uh, one time this guy was coming at me hard. I'm like, he was just like, repeat. I didn't respond to anything he said. He was coming at me. I went on to this stuff, and it's like a picture of his family. Like, he had a newborn. All I responded back was like, bro, go focus on being a good dad. Like, yeah, he's 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 laying in bed thinking about rust, like sending comments. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, child, man, shit. <laughs> the guy's beside his wife in bed, oh, fucking all, all, in all bed for powerlifting. And he's like, I just fucking hate the way this guy squats. I don't like it. I got to tell him off. Trolls, please, trolls. I know you're trolls and it's funny, whatever, but like, really think of like what girl wants to be with a dude that is calling another grown man shit 100 miles it, per hour. No response. Like, no yeah, response. yeah, yeah. It's all one sided conversation. Yeah. You look like a weirdo. A clown. I don't know. I'm not going to get too much into it because they're like, not going to be Yeah. No, but it would honestly, for, for a second here, let me just say this. How I would, I think if I actually, if I'm dating a girl and I looked in her phone and I seen she put like, 10 fucking comments on somebody she's never met. She's never met this person. The person lives on the other side of the country and she's like dropped 10 comments in a row going at this chick who doesn't even know who she is, never replied. I'd be like, what the fuck am I in with? What is going on here? Like, we need to talk. What is going on in your world? Honestly, like I literally would be freaked right out. It, or even if like, like if, if you're like, I'm dating this person, this person's fucking mental. It's true when you think about it that way. Or if that was my boy, like, you know, I'd be like, Arian, what the fuck, bro? I go, I go, you know, we have Russ coming on. I go, Arian, look, I go, I go, I go, Arian, look after your hoe ass girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Because it's going to be uncomfortable when Russ comes on and he, he passive aggressively brings up your hoe ass girlfriend again. <laughs> okay. So stop it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. This is what it is, kind sir. Um, let me see if I got any more of these questions here because we got a couple good ones. We got a couple juicy ones, sir. Um, and how, how are you doing for time, Russ? I'm 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 good, man. I'm chilling. But I had a, I had a quick question for you guys. Yeah, like, man. Fire um, away. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the whole like you know shift to the uh, USPA. Do you think that's kind of like a for now thing, or do you think that's going to be like a Okay. You know, I'm glad you said that. Cause I'm looking at my questions here and, and that's kind of, I skipped a couple in there. I think we got a little carried away, but um, I think, okay. A, the U S raw Nats qualifying when they said you have to, some people can buy a lifetime membership, rub some people the wrong way, obviously, but it, it really, it really got taken for a ride because people thought it was going to be a much more impactful. Like it'd be very difficult to get U.S. raw nats. And then some people would be losing out spots because of it, et cetera. And we didn't know, none of us knew. So I, like, I mean, we're just hypothesizing. And sometimes when there's a momentum towards things, people ride that wave and we all kind of ride the wave to a certain extent. I think that I, I, like, I know, I disagree with them uh, the USAPL having the buy a lifetime membership and, um, and then you can get into raw nats and you, you have to hit the qualifying total. There's a caveat today. It's not just, you could be a beginner. So you have to hit a qualifying total and get a, and then you purchase one of those. 
still, even, even then, I disagreed with that. But it wasn't, it wasn't this crazy thing that, like, uh, for me, it wasn't like an oh my god moment, a watershed moment. But it was bad. It, it was definitely. I was like, you know what? I don't. That's not how I want people to get into raw nets. But, um, but I respect that some people really did were felt opposed about it. I can look. I, I respect other people's opinions, even if I'm like halfway on the same page as them, or if I'm not at all the same page. On this one, I was definitely on the same page as them. Um, but I think that opened up the doorway for people outside of the USAPL to then be like, oh, I think there's a sentiment here against the USAPL. We're really gonna kick, there's an inch, this door's open, we're gonna kick it open a little more. And again, fair play to them. If I'm running competitions or et cetera, I'm gonna use what I think is best to sell my product. And if it's if some people feel like they're consumers that uh, a little disenfranchised from the franchise they're previously with, I'm going to use that, but I think, um, so I think there's some, you know, there's a little bit of momentum in that direction, but as a whole, the US, USPA, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is not something like the president is not voted in. This is somebody who's just running it as a for-profit organization. This is not a non-profit organization where they vote in rules, vote in bylaws, like things have to be voted upon. Everything is complete transparency in terms of where the money's going. Like the, when you are the biggest organization, USAPL or IPF, everybody's looking at you and everybody knows your business because you're that big. When you're far smaller and all these other feds, numbers don't lie, are far smaller. It's not even comparable. Um, People don't even know how you're set up because you're not big enough for them to be looking at you like that. So that's an advantage because people don't even know like, well, if we, if you were far bigger and we were to dissect you, like people dissect the USAPL and IPF, how do you pass through your voting? Well, you don't even have voting. How did these issues get addressed? There are just one person on top to side. How is your drug testing? How do you roll out your drug testing? What are you testing for? How do things get amended? How do, how do changes take place? Who's making these decisions? We don't even know, but we're not even investigating. But if they had 10 times the people underneath them, we would because it becomes far more relevant to far more lifters. So there is a bit of a unbalance there. So I think right here, right now, and, and people, everyone's locked up with COVID and people aren't like competing and we're not, you know, so we're overanalyzing because we're not actually doing what we love. Instead, we can just talk about it and think about it. But so to an extent, I feel like there was a bit of momentum in the direction of, you know, some people talk about, well, maybe I'll do this meet in a different Fed, et cetera. But I think as a whole, um, and I've had, and I'm saying this from people in the KOTL DMs being like, do you think, you know, a year from now, like some people are going crazy. So they're like, do you think a year from now, like, what do you think the powerlifting scene is going to look like? I'm like, exactly as it does fucking last year, bro. Like, I don't know what you're expecting, but they're for real with this. They're like, they're like, look at, and some people like the biggest names are leaving the IPF and going to showdown. And I'm like, showdown's huge in the untested, but the biggest names are not leaving. There are some big names, like, like Ashton's big, like I'm not going to roll off everybody, but there are some big names, but the IPF, you can't summarize by just four, is it four lifters, four or five lifters? The IPF is like, a, like, it's huge all over the world. There are people that like the reigning 93 kilo world champion, I would bet 
most of the people don't even know who he is. It's Anatoly living in Ukraine who never posts on social media. And he is the European champion. He's the world champion. And if you want it, you got to go through him. And it's like, no one even knows, you know, people forget how big the world is. And it feels bigger than it is sometimes because social media makes it feel that way. Right. But if, if we're talking, do I think there's a big momentum and, and wave going towards the USPA from the USAPL, et cetera? I don't. I think, um, and, and I think it's, or, or not even like showdown isn't, um, isn't even USPA, but, uh, or whatever, just period towards these. I don't, I think they're, I think we're basically more or less exactly where we were before. You'll see some people in this abbreviated year with less options competing in different feds, just because they don't have the same options that they wish they did, but it's nothing going to be crazy. And in 2022 or whatever, when we're back rolling, it's going to be back same. And then when Sheffield drops and everyone sees it and it looks like fucking watching ESPN, it's going to be crazy. And, um, and this is no slight on any of these untested feds, but I think if you're a tested lifter, it's going to be real fucking tough to find a tested fed that's going to combat USAPL IPF. And by real tough, I mean real tough. Like, I just don't see it, man. It, the untested fucking, it is what it is. I don't think they're going to, like, they're fine. It, and I think, uh, and I think they're doing, you know, uh, Steph with uh, Steffi Cohen and them and, and Luke Bright and them with their feds. Fuck, they're doing good, man. Keep doing your thing. Like, you know, there should be a sandbox for you guys to play in and, and it's, it's good for everybody. But in terms of, um, you know, I'm not at all thinking that this is going to be like a, a big jump of people leaving or anything. I just don't see it, man. Mm. I, I thought about it and um i know johnny's video talking about how he's uh, i think he's done with the federation for the for, for the time being and he's gonna go explore different options i was just like i wonder if this is going to create a shift that's gonna you know encourage the people to leave the apl for good and in the usb and I, I thought about it i was like i don't think so man. well go over there and see what's up like look at here's the thing like not you but like other people like here's the thing at the local level meets it's probably fun etc but if someone's like looking for structure it's not going to be like where you do state national and then worlds make a world team like a legit world team and it's a legit world set the the location is in different nations every year and it's like literally like people from you've been to worlds you know people from all over the world are showing up it's a for real global body there's some people operating that have never competed outside the u.s may never and have never been to a real global international competition so they don't even know what they're missing so when they have when they're judging in terms of comparison they're not actually comparing they're comparing apples. They're comparing like different events they're seeing within one nation, US. But the world's a big place. And when you go to a for real global competition, you can never, it's really hard for me, someone to talk you, Arian, or you, Russell, out of competing USAPL IPF because you've seen it now. It's too hard now. It's like, nah, man, but I've been to a global competition. I've been when everyone all over the globe shows up. And people aren't going to do that for certain. Like, it's got to be, it's going to be tough, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and I yeah. think. Well, Go ahead, buddy. I was just I was gonna try and add in there a little bit. Uh, uh, you covered all the recent stuff, but as far as like if we went back before the pandemic and looked at the numbers, um, USAPL was the bigger organization, but USPA was the faster growing one, which kind of makes sense if you're smaller, it's gonna be easier, you know, to get more members. Whereas when you're USAPL, you're already that big, you already have so many states covered, it's harder to increase. So they definitely were the faster growing one. I think that may still continue. Um, with uh, 
with, you know, even though all the numbers went down and kind of comes back up, the, the benefit with the USAPL is the structure and also with the IPF as a structure and they're constantly bringing on new member federations. So, you know, I think China's coming on for the Asian region, uh, Panama here for North America came on a couple of years ago. I think they're trying to bring on, you know, Jamaica, trying to reactivate Haiti and all these stuff. So you're going to have more member federations coming in, more lifters coming in, more top lifters at world. So you're going to get more competition, all stuff like that. And then also the structure within USAPL is like, uh, for example, for Texas, uh, Chrissy Cardello was the state chair of Texas for a long time. And then Scott Dobbins came and worked underneath her as a co-state chair. Now, recently, she just stepped down this week and Scott Dobbins could take over. But some of these other federations are the person who is the president of the federation or owner of the business kind of like, you know, quits or doesn't want to spend the money anymore or pass away or something like that, like, Sometimes the organization kind of falls apart. That's why some of these feds just disappear. Like, there's no structure there for someone to take over and continue on. So who knows what will happen? Like if, if one day Steve Dennison for USPA president wants to quit, who is he going to pass it on to? Or, like, or is he just going to say like, oh, we're just going to you know, cut, uh, end the federation. Someone can just make a new federation, new name and start all over again. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's true. Look, look at US... Sorry, go ahead. You're gonna say something. No, I'll just get a lot. The last thing I popped in my head, I thought about it earlier that it came back is there. There are people like Johnny who've been around a long time. Like uh, I did my first nationals is 2012 in, in in Texas, and Johnny was there as well for his nationals. But there's lots of powerlifters that compete. You know, one or two, three years leave, then someone else new comes. One or two, three years leaves. So like you know, in a couple of years, all like or maybe most of the people that complain about, oh, USAPL is doing this thing at a local meet I don't like, USAPL is doing this thing at a national meet that I don't like, they could all be gone. And a whole new group comes in that doesn't know about any of that stuff. And they're just going to go to, you know, the organization that happens to be in their area or happens to be drug testing or non-tested or happens to be like, you know, the equipment they like, stuff like that. And so you can get all these new people that would just come in to either organization, not knowing any of this previous stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You can literally see the young crop of new lifters that are coming in too. Like, um, there's like this like little social media group of kids that are like young but strong as shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm literally seeing a new era coming in. I'm like, damn. So yeah, man, it's it's crazy the turnover. For, and for for USAPL, we have so many ties with other organizations, like ties with Texas High School Powerlifting or Wisconsin High School Powerlifting or Special Olympics and stuff like that, where these lifters after they do their high school stuff may automatically just transfer to USAPL because everyone they know running the competitions and, and referees and stuff are all USAPL. Like the, uh, in Nebraska, uh, Mike Zawalinski, who's running the Midland or assistant coach for Midland powerlifting, he ran a Nebraska high school meet, like using his, you know, his same equipment, his, some of the same referees and everything like that, that he'll run USAPL meet. He just run their unsanctioned Nebraska high school meet. So if any of those lifters or parents like talk to them and say, well, we have USAPL meets and we have like, you know, universities that will like, you know, help with funding and everything like that. And they just transfer right over. Yeah. Talking on that point, the world's a big place. So when we think about like, we, you know, sometimes something on social media gets a, like a, a little bit of hype and we think it's, it's sometimes bigger than it is, but globally it has very small impact, like smaller than we think. Like the IPF, because of its association with the IOC is a member of so many other bodies, like global bodies internationally that represent sport, like good sport that, um, you know, just like that's why we're in with the world games as well. And all of the lifters across the world, like we're talking like countries like Malaysia, Pakistan, like some of these new countries entering in all over the world. The only option you has the, is the IPF. Like that's all they know is the IPF. The government is backing it. And the IPF is a member of so many other you know, organizations, they've, they know how to make these ties. 
that it's not even close on a global level. Um, so when we feel a little bit of momentum, you know, here and there by somebody online, it feels bigger than it is. And it's staying around mostly in the US and it's kicked around and shared on some Instagram stories. And if it's shared like a dozen times, feel that feels big when you see it a dozen times. But 12 times, I promise you, is nothing globally when we're talking like oh, 100,000 people spread across the world, people who don't even speak English. Like it's just like it's 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 massive. Like when we talk about like um, in King of Lips, I in my DMs, like from like Iran and India and like they don't give a shit about what's going on. Like, like they're like cool. Uh, you know, they don't know what these feds are. Like we lose perspective sometimes. I do too. I get caught up in it. I'm like, is this actually happening? What's going on right now? But, but when you look at the global sense, like it would be very, very difficult. There's so much work to do to catch up to an IPF. Like the USAPL is one chain of the IPF, but like the IPF is huge. As part of the IPF media team, I, I get, um, I'm in some of the emails and the emails that get spread to the organizations of the, of the member nations, um, like it's like hundreds, like Syria, like, I mean, like nations that are represented in the IPF, it's fucking crazy, man. Like the amount of representation around the world, all these nations. So when we talk about like, you know, there's a local meet coming around in the U.S. and it feels like a lot of momentum. It's like the world is so big, though. Like it's it's not going to be to make it sustainable. Like as a big sense, you know, to be difficult. And um, and that's not to say it's okay to have like a local lifter wants to try different feds. Whatever's fine, man. Most people don't compete more than two years. They go in for two years, they have fun, and they keep it moving because they're never going to make it past a certain level. And, and the USPA and all these other feds might be fun, but uh, I don't see them ever being USAPL. But who the fuck knows? I don't know, man. That's just my thoughts. I don't know. Who knows? Weird shit happens. This conversation is here, and then all of a sudden everyone's USPA now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is the clip I show instead of the other clip that I showed. It's like, do you remember when I said this? And now, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. If you could change one thing, let me ask both of you guys. If you could change one thing about the USAPL IPF, what would it be? And who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Uh, I think with just the media, like um, the media from the from the organization itself. Um, I know SBD was was going to take that on themselves and kind of produce um, kind of like a spectacle. I feel like that expectation or that level of uh, adherence to media should already be there for like something like a Raw Nationals, where you know we already have prime time. Um, and we could go even further and get like interviews of the top lifters and people that are projected to do this, to do this, that, and the third, and uh, have kind of like a breakdown that they would have had at Raw Nationals, or I mean at uh, Sheffield. Mm. And just uh, expanding that media point, allow like people to film without like, you know, harassment. <laughs> you know, I think um, for people like a Johnny Candido or someone like myself or Meg Squats, like there shouldn't be any issue filming the content because at the end of the day we are freely bringing more money to the federation because we're encouraging more people to lift um and do piloting in the usapl because i've the the biggest compliment you could give to me is like yo bro you got me into piloting that shit makes my day like every time i read it it's just like damn like watch like you watch my videos and convert you to piloting but the federation makes it a little bit difficult to actually record my meet day footage like 
for Raw Nationals, I had my camera guy with me. Um, and we're being told, like, in between attempts, like, no, you need to get out of here, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it wasn't the Federation itself because uh, someone actually intervened and said, no, you good. Um, just like the politics of that, sometimes filming, um, I don't think it should, it should not be an issue just because of the benefits that it has. Um, and then once again, like the media, I think CrossFit was able to capitalize pretty, uh, pretty, or yeah, CrossFit was able to capitalize with just the media production they put into like the CrossFit games and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I would like to see that on, on the USAPL and IPS kind of like end. That's a damn good one. What do you think, Arian? That, that is a good one. And I have a few things I'm trying to think about which one to go with, but I guess since Russ went with more of like, you know, the media and the promotion side of things, I, I was trying to go towards, okay, uh, maybe the structure side. I was trying to think maybe, and they are doing it, but I would like to see a bigger improvement or more emphasis on the drug testing because some people do know this. Some people don't. It's like, if you go to the IPF website and look at the reports from some of the countries, some countries don't report what drug testing they do. And some people report that they do zero drug testing. So while in USAPL or CPU, we're very big on drug testing at all levels in competition, out of competition, it's not the same in all countries. So then you have like, you know, people that can maybe try and cheat and maybe they get caught, caught at worlds, which some of them have before, but maybe they don't. So I like to see more of an emphasis on like, putting more of a punishment that like, Hey, if you don't even submit your report once a year, like there has to be some kind of enforcement on those countries and then putting more of the emphasis on out of competition, the random testing. Cause you know, if it's once that world's in competition, you know exactly what day it is people can prepare for it. But if the, if the IPF is coming to your house three times a year, you never know when it is. And they're trying to catch you with these out of competition tests. I think it's going to, you know, uh, be harder for those people to cheat and you're going to get more of that level playing, uh, playing field, which is what we all want. If I, okay, so both those are really good. And um, <laughs> that's a tough, I, I, yeah, go ahead, go, you got another one you said? No, no, I said, I didn't know that other one. Like, I didn't know, like, some countries just don't even report on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of makes sense because, like, if those countries are now, like, funding some of their athletes to compete, like, they're going to turn a blind eye to that kind of stuff. <laughs> Possibly, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, so, um, in terms of, I also agree the Sheffield was going to kick it up a level in terms of the media. And I would love to see that. I know at worlds it's tough because there's like a, a thousand people like lifters there. So they like the time is there's a quick turnover. As soon as one session's over, we're getting ready for the next one. But I would like to see, um, you know, maybe a little more push towards the individual lifters, like showcasing, like, look at, you know, there's a lot of like, you're right, Russell, in terms of, what you in like Candido, Meg squats, or like any of the more high profile athletes um, are bringing to the table. Like this is advertising. This is recruitment. This is how we get more lifters and keep it going. So even doing a push or having like a conference with certain individuals that we, that are dubbed social media influencers and just being like, how can we better fund this? How can we help out? Look at, even if it's like, we're pressed for time. So we're getting it for the next session. However, what if you're there, what kind of access do you need? And just working with you saying, we can't do a couple things, but you are, you know, just being like recognizing, like we can help each other. We all have the same type of, you know, what's good for you is good for us and vice versa. So, um, and that's kind of, that's snowballing what you said. I'm going to give mine, but I'm just kind of, I'm not going to basically re-say what you said, which mm -hmm. I just did, but, um, but, uh, but that's the, that's the video clip I'm going to use though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it won't be yours. It'll be mine. But, um, but, uh, but um, um, I would like to see, I think, 
in Europe, the European Championships is it's it's fucking big. Um, in Asia, the Asian Championships is big. And I would like if the North Americans actually had a little more weight. And South Americans is still pretty big too. Um, in the Pan American Championships, which is the whole this side of the world, when it's held in South America, the big guns show up. But um, U.S. Raw Nationals is so big that it it's too big. It's it's on par. I don't want to shrink it, but it is U.S. Raw Nationals is on par or more elevated, probably more for fair than the Europeans and all the other regionals. So then when you have North Americans, people are like, why? Why would I go there? Because, you know, like it's, it's, it just doesn't work. Um, I would like to have seen a little more parody or some kind of incentive for the North Americans, or even if somehow the Arnold was an, I know they have an association with the North Americans, but if somehow North American championships were even crowned there with like, because it's international, you can make it prime time a prime time like Arnold is. Be like, yeah, it's real tough to get in, but it's international. And so then a North American champion means something. Like you go to you go to US Raw Nats to qualify for the Arnold. A lot of people will never go to Worlds. Most people will never go to Worlds, but you might go to Arnold. Let's fucking make it an international competition. Let's make you an international champion if you win it. And it it raises the stakes and Canadians come down and um, whoever, right? It's, it's still international. So I would like, I think there's a ways of doing it. And then obviously if it becomes international, world records are going to be broken every single time and whatever. We'll, we'll like hopefully it, it, it helps correct some of these issues we previously had. But I, I would love if like the Arnold Classic champion is also the North American champion. So then if some people be like, I never won worlds, but I won fucking three North American titles. Like I'm an international champion nonetheless because other places in the world, they have it. And um, there's got to be a way we could do that, as well as everything you, you guys said. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that point you made to expand on mine, just how, like, you know, maybe the Federation invites, you know, social media influencers to have, a, like, a certain amount of following, and, like, you have a conference, okay, what can we do to further assist you guys? Or what can you guys give us that can help facilitate, you know, better media coverage of, you know, said meet or whatever so i was just thinking about that i was like that would be amazing <laughs> no, well you know what i mean i am on the ipf media team i should probably fucking <laughs> I, could, I could literally send this email I'm, I'm, I'm an asshole this is literally me we're talking about I'm like, Someone, someone's got to do something <laughs> it's like uh, uh, <laughs> i was gonna doing all that kind of stuff i mean it's not it's not cheap it's definitely yeah but i could kick up the idea and be like next world's I know so-and-so and so-and-so are going to be there. Or how do you guys feel about, you know, having a, you know, a, a conference like this on a Zoom and just talking, being like, what are, it could, whatever, we'll see. I don't want to, I don't want to put too much expectation, but there is a possibility of, of just saying exactly that, being like, maybe just mutual stuff. Like, do you need access here to this, that, and the other? How can we help? How can, whatever. Uh, I was going to, I was going to, I was just going to say, I think that, IPF would probably be easier than at USAPL nationals because one of the issues with, with nationals is that, you know, they might have different sponsors and their sponsor might be like, you know, you're, you're dedicated for doing this. And then if, you know, if you have other people going in the way and taking videos or photos and, or being in front of the referees, when you have five platforms going on and stuff like that, then they're like, let's just 
let's just cut it off completely. But with the IPF, like, you know, it's usually only one or two platforms and Viva TV and the IPF media team is doing it all the time. You're not switching who's in charge or anything like that. So there could be maybe some kind of collaboration. Usually the warm room is, you know, pretty open. You can maybe do some kind of like collaboration interview, like after the person weighs in before they start warming up or maybe like, you know, after they just won and they did a medal ceremony doing an interview and that kind of stuff. And then the IPF media team, even if they film it, they can like give that footage to a Russ or, or whoever and say, Hey, put this on your YouTube channel and talk about your IPF world championship. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. And, and it just in terms of brainstorming, you guys are the most creative. Like the biggest thing is when you have people who put their heads together and start spitballing ideas. I didn't even think of any of this until we start talking right now. <laughs> and, and we're talking about conferences and shit like that. Like if you got some of the biggest influencers um, now the IPF would be interested in people who actually end up lifting at the international level, but um, which makes it a little bit more of a caveat there. And that changes every year, but I don't know. Um, whatever stuff to work out. It's just an idea. Yeah. I'll just say, I always think about the possibilities of what a raw nationals or IPF level meet could be like, like just like production wise and what it could do to entice like other lifters like just thinking about all the friends that don't even like lift like that that watch the meets that i do they're like wow looks like you know it's cool to watch but i'm like just imagine if it was like a ufc fight night where, yeah you know having a breakdown it's like so like what do you think about training well training's been going good and yeah i'm gonna beat them on the platform like it's like ah like, what the hell so it's just like you get you get more involved with the lifter then it makes watching the list that that just more um uh, more intimate and just like you just feel more connected to it 100 that, that's a big factor and i think ryan's mentioned that too it's like there's lots of reasons why my our sport might not be as big as our sport but one thing is the storyline like especially with ufc where you can do the storyline of one person versus the other person like where they're growing up where they're training and all this stuff like that what injuries they've gone through and then you're like man i want this person to win because like maybe my story aligns with them but you go to power thing it's like yeah well like with some of the names we talked about is like, Oh, this person, you know, came around two, three years ago. You have no idea anything about them, their personality, anything like that. And then like, how am I supposed to get behind them just because some numbers on a piece of paper? Exactly. That's literally why we started King of the list, but it would be cool. <laughs> if, um, it would be cool if the, the feds did that. I think USAPL might be a little easier because they have like, you buy a membership every year. They have you. Whereas the IPF, it's kind of like whoever shows up at Worlds, it changes year to year. But on the national U.S. Raw national level, I think like, yeah, if they're like, look at, let's take a look at all, all of our members and be like, who can we talk to? And I'm not a part, I'm not even American, so that wouldn't be myself, but um, something to think about. Yeah, even like with Danny and Amanda having like that crazy amount of views on their YouTube video, like literally the USAPO or the IPF can create like, like three or four other videos that are like, yeah, create three or four different videos that would have that type of reach. And like, you, you have no idea how many people that could have converted, like mm. Annie and Amanda going at it could probably could have converted like maybe 30 more um, girls watching. It's like, Oh shit. Like, you know, those girls are, those girls are powerful. Those girls are inspirational. I'm going to do that too. Um, so that stuff goes a long way. I just feel like ball isn't being picked up in that respect just because like, I know the impact of what a video could do to a person's life. So. 100% dude we're trying to convert especially like women's powerlifting and women um, athletes it's it's up in the air they're looking for something and powerlifting has really done a pretty good job of that acquisition but we could keep leaning into that and um, yeah man frick that's why Sheffield would have been so dope with what they were going to do like I think that's what I'm saying man look at when we're 
I was gonna I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was gonna say I was like, man, like I think Sheffield would have started a domino effect because it shows like okay, this shit is possible. Now, yeah. how can we create something in our respect that's gonna match that? And then that's what it created a domino effect. Raw Nationals has actually like since I started competing, Raw Nationals gets better like every single year. And I think that Sheffield was at was probably gonna be at this point, and then it's like, okay, Raw Nationals is here. Now we need to try to meet that level because well, number one, it could be done, and then number two, like the after effects of it being done is like tremendous. Well, big time. Once it's done, it's one thing for us to be talking on a podcast like this. It's another thing to actually take these ideas and make them visible for everybody to watch at like Sheffield, which will be the biggest prize money we've ever seen and yada, yada. Everyone watches it play out and is like, holy shit. Like they were talking about, um, cause I was in talks like to, to be doing like the, the commentary as, as well as like some of the interviews as well as like, so we're talking just like if it's a football game and you're doing a breakdown ahead of time, who, who, who's going to win and why and what they need to look out for and like percentages. Well, you know, you could literally break it down. Like, you know what? Um, Brett has missed 50% of his third squats and then by chance. So if we can, and then, but here's another pathway to victory for him though, because then, and you start breaking it down and people like, Oh, the storylines laid. So then when the battle starts, oh shit, he got his third squat this time. What does that mean? And now we're like, it, it does, it makes it hype. And um, if they level up like that, you're, you're right, man. Like the, all of the all of the feds and productions are like, holy shit, that was kick-ass. We got, and expectations grow as well. Like people are gonna be like, like all the people who went to USAPL Raw Nats though, it'll be real hard to take them away from USAPL Nats when they had that experience if your Nats isn't nearly as close to that. Mm. It's tough because you become a little bit babied. Like when you have an expectation, like, holy shit, like I expect certain things now. It's harder to make me, I used to live in a house. Now you want me to live in an apartment. Yeah. That's tough, man. You can't double back. So that's the good thing about Sheffield would like force people to rise up. It's like, well, I, I, I just saw that. I can't unsee it. I kind of really hope that my Fed starts doing this, whatever Fed it is all over the world, right? So yeah, man, I think, I think Sheffield, everything right now is a certain situation. But I think Sheffield could be a game changer in a lot of different areas. Not even just for the tested. In the untested, they might see it and be like, fuck, yeah. why can't we do it? All across all boards, yeah. 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 I mean, there's no reason why they can't also be like, fuck it. I'm thinking about doing the same thing. Um, and uh, Aaron, you got any more questions? Do you want to play an over-under? We had my man for like, we're getting close to three hours for God's sake. And um, <laughs> he, Aaron, he's a goddamn world champion. He's a business owner. He's a busy man. And you're being a chatty Cathy and taking up all this young man's time. What you want? You want to do a one more question? You want to go straight to the over under? Ryan, me? Oh, fucking don't ask me, man. This, 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 this is this is the champs time. That's the champ, man. The guy's training for worlds. He's training for Sheffield. He's running a goddamn business, and he might be in in a meeting with other social media influencers soon. I'll put the, the the question out there real quick because I think it'll be a quick answer, but just like setting it up with a little bit of powerlifting history because you know a lot of people come in new they don't know who the champions are they sometimes they think like you know someone who's never even won a world champion is the best lifter ever so like that so i wanted to bring a little bit of stats in going over raw nationals specifically because i don't have all the stats on worlds but i have the stats on raw nationals every single year so for people who don't know the the first group that has the most titles are ray williams and taylor atwood have six titles each and then the next group is keith mahoney eric kupperstein and mike Tushir have four each then when you go into that third group, 
is where Russ or he is three titles with some other guys like, you know, Bryce Lewis, Dennis Cornelius, Eli Burks. So uh, I want to know from, from Russ, could he ever see himself surpassing these other guys, surpassing Ray Williams and Taylor Atwood and having the most raw national titles? Uh, it, it's hard because like those guys are still going. <laughs> That's <laughs> I started before them. I actually look at those people. I'm like, I want to get to where they're at. And I feel like they look at themselves and it's like, we're still pushing. So they would have to, they would have to hang it up and then I'd have to continue excellence. Um, but the goal, like for me, the goal is just to, is just to try to win the next one. Um, and it just focus on my weight class because I think that the 83s were so competitive and it, like, you know, go back and forth or um, I think I, I, I believe I have, the most wins at raw nationals for like the classic, like, you know, just straight up raw so far. So it's just, I think to continue to build on that. Um, but like someone like Taylor, someone like Ray, they're still going to be competing. <laughs> like, it's not like they're just going to stop anytime soon. So it's like, I'm always like kind of lagging and trying to catch up to them. It's tough because in your era, right in the middle of your prime, you lost a year. And then later on, like other people who are chasing your titles might not lose a year. So there'll be a little note in there. Like I was saying that about Taylor, when we were talking about the Mount Rush, I was on LS's podcast and he's like, who's on your Mount Rushmore of all time? Uh, I just said like for all time, the classic division, uh, not equipped. And then I said, um, the, the thing is like, if we're looking at overall titles, like world title wins, Taylor would have won in 2020 based off of he had the highest total and um, if we just look at performances all over the world, like he was, I mean, he's, he's also not just a local meat king. He's yeah. big meat king as well. So it, I don't think it's controversial to say he probably would have won 2020, but he will never have that title on his resume now. Yeah. And, and now he's only at two. And then when he hangs him up, if he hangs it up five years from now, he'll be one title less when people are adding him up. So it's one title less. Somebody's got to beat him later on. That's mm -hmm. fucking tough to lose a year when you're probably number one. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to come back. I, I have my, uh, my blank red 2020 column on my uh, sheet because <laughs> it's a dead year, but, uh, that, that's, a, that's just a quick question and, and give a little, a little history of people, how many titles you have and who's ahead of you, but we'll go to the overrated underrated well, one sec. Actually, I got one go more ahead. question. When you were looking at your questions, I was looking at my questions. Let me do one more too. Um, you were actively getting scouted, right. For, uh, some of the untested money meets. Oh uh, yeah, I was getting yeah, yeah. That's pretty wild. But not by but you were not by the meat promoters. That's normal. I would actually anticipate like that's nothing new. But other like lifters were actually trying to scout you. I think from what I gather, it wasn't like oh come to this meet so we can like you know beat you or whatever. It's like those those are the homies that are reaching out too. It's like yo come do this meet, bro. Like yeah yeah yeah. Like come you know come lift with us, bro. Come chill with us. I'm like I oh, like you know I'll think about it. And then I thought about it. I was like. <laughs> it, it wasn't i thought about it and i was like no nah, i'm gonna get banned by the ipf no i'm gonna like uh, it that happens every single year like every year like you know i think like just the top lifters in the world in general just get invites for these meets um but this one it was like more so like a social media push where people were like actively asking me that's it see dennis on the last podcast with um joey had feelings about that and he's like i don't like that um yeah, no, that's I because I I heard I heard that um, I was like it wasn't in a sense to where it's like in a competitive respect. It's more so just like trying to get bit, as many big names under one competition as possible. That's what I was kind of getting. I was like, okay. I think they just want this to be a spectacle in general. 
See, that makes, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. And mm-hmm. and I want to ask that question because it, um, yeah, different conversations, it, it kind of, it might feel differently for people listening. Like obviously Dennis, he was taking it a little different and, um, or maybe he wasn't even saying that necessarily scenario, but with the two videos up, people might start drawing conclusions or parallels that weren't there. But I could totally see where some people might be like, yeah, not in a competitive sense, but just in a sense that let's blow this event up and make it as big as possible. I would like to see it as big as possible. Fair enough, you know, fair enough. But then, you know, cool. All right. Like a lot of people just want to see you like, it's like a thing. Like if you're a USAPL competitor, people want to see you on the other side and see how you would fare against like people that are, um, that frequent those uh, type of competitions. So they just want to see like what it would be like, or even have you just on the same platform as those other players. Yeah. Um, people are just like, they want that so bad. Well, that's it. Like, it's not even um, like for, for instance, like for, for Luke, who's actually sh- doing the showdown for him, it wouldn't even be, it would just be like, man, Russ, you're following and everything. If you came along, just have fun. It is what it is. Like you, you're like, yeah, fuck it. let's go, let's go have some fun he'd be like, Oh my God, well, you post on your social media about this. There we go. That's, that's, that's huge for me. Thank you very much. And then from there on out, like he's trying to also, God bless him. He's covering this with like his, his money from his company. And like that helps when all of a sudden that many more media views all over the place, this is how you sell it to sponsors. So it totally makes sense. And there's nothing, uh, you know, negative about it. This is what you would assume, but in a perfect world, I would do it. It's just, just yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah you can't your hands die it's not like i don't want to do it. i just can't do it given like what i want from my career i just can't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah yeah no i'm on board man especially if um if you're collecting titles like doing things for fun is one thing but also i mean you also want to walk away with a, a little legacy piece would be nice not look you already lost a year from covid you don't want to lose another year, two years in a row in your prime. That would, that would be tough, man. Or no, three years. Cause you could get, you can miss two world championships and you already missed one from COVID. You missed three world championships in the middle of your prime. You're like, okay, we're hustling backwards here. It's yeah. fun, but it ain't that fun. Championships aren't guaranteed either. I can just be, I can bomb out for the rest of my fucking career or just lose point blank for the rest of my career. And I just, you know, miss right. That. Yeah, 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 exactly. So if you have the opportunity yeah, exactly. You don't want to throw away an opportunity. All right, Arian. There we go, sir. All right, let's do it. Overrated, underrated. For those who don't know, we'll throw out a topic and then we'll all go around and say whether we think that a topic or whatever it is is overrated or underrated and explain why. So I was trying to think of what's something I can throw out there that maybe Russ would have a, a, a thought on or his experience with. And so the thing I thought about was I'm pretty sure that Russ has trained both on pound plates and like regular gym equipment and also competition plates and, and competition rack or anything like that. So do you think the idea of training on all comp specific equipment and kilogram plates is overrated or underrated? Man, I used to be, a, <laughs> I used to be one of those loud mouths, but I'm gonna have to say it's, uh, it's underrated. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it pains me to say that, but it's underrated because if you're a, if you're a high level lifter, actually just a lifter in general, the feeling of calibrated plates is a lot different from pound plates or the plates that you might see at a commercial gym. So for example, I could go to a commercial gym and the, the, just the way that the, the, the bars are and the plates is going to cause that bar to whip like crazy. Um, a lot of people don't like that. I actually like that for my squat because I can get out of the hole better and it gets mm. like a flex. So I'm almost at a half squat position when I get out of the hole and I can walk out a lot easier. 
So um, I went and blew up a 725 pound squat in a commercial gym. I I wouldn't have hit 725 pounds in um, my gym with the calibrated plates just because the way that the plates are kind of centered towards the uh, middle of the bar and just the bar in general. Um, hmm. so you want to mimic game day as much as you can when you're training. And uh, pound plates, I mean, there's people that train on pound plates and have great success on the platform, but if you can control it, I would lift on calibrated plates as much as possible. What do you think, Arian? Oh, I'm going first? You go first, kiddo. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it varies, obviously, on the level. But, yeah, when we talk about elite level, like someone like Russ, I would say it's underrated because like the reasons Russ said. But also, like, you know, a lot of those uncalibrated pound plates can be off. And typically, they're lighter. Like, everyone I've weighed is, like, you know, 44, 43. I, my buddy gave me some before that like, he did one out of his gym. And it was, like, 41. And I sold them on, like, Craigslist. And But, you know, if you're, if you're squatting 225 and they're off by four pounds is not that much difference. But now if you're squatting six, 700 pounds and every single plate is off two pounds, four pounds, then the, what weight you think you're putting on and what you think you can capable of in a competition, all of a sudden might change, you know, 15 pounds, 20 pounds. And so that makes a big difference. And same thing with just the other pieces of equipment. Like anyone who goes to commercial uh, gym knows like how those benches are all like low and they're slippery. You can't adjust the rack height. Like it's either too low or it's too high. You can't get your shoulder blades where you want or like that. The, the LA fitness next to me doesn't even have round plates. They got those 12 sided plates and like, you know, you're delving from a deficit and everything like that. All those little things add up and make a difference. And when you're trying to be the best, of the best, you're going to go from all this crappy equipment. You might hurt yourself or you might think you can hit certain numbers and then you go to nationals or like that and everything feels different. Okay. Um, so now I made my decision. I'm going against Arian. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first off. Let me talk about your whole ass girlfriend. <laughs> okay, first off, you need to mind your whole ass girlfriend. Fucking, um, what was I gonna say? No, all right, whatever. I gotta play devil's avocado here. Um, I would say for you know, you're saying you're trying to be the best of the best. I would say, as a devil's advocate, 99% of these people are never gonna be anywhere close to. 600 whatever pounds or anything like that so if they're like i would say let's say this it's overrated in that for the vast majority of people they uh they don't lift nearly as much weight and it really doesn't matter and they're at best in the intermediate level and um they could just lift and they'll probably never feel the difference anyways and um i mean for i i, I can't remember how many times i've trained on kilo plates and i've still like pr'd in competition and it I never really noticed like when an adrenaline's going, I just yeah. didn't, it, I just couldn't tell the difference and it is what it is. I, I, I guarantee at a top end, um, you know, maybe you, you probably could. And, and the plates that I'd be lifting with, like the bars I'm lifting with didn't have whip or anything. So maybe I'm just getting lucky at the gyms. I mean, they don't like, actually we use competition bars. It's the plates that are a competition actually. So I'm somewhat lying. So the bars will always feel the same. The weights are a little different. However, if they're pound plates, they're a little further out from you than kilo plates are. So when you're deadlifting, it should help a little bit. But um, like I'll tell, like Kafwe, who's a co-host here, he broke the IPF world record in deadlift. Actually, uh, when you guys were in Sweden, Russ, it was uh, Kafwe and then the Swede actually took it from Kafwe like a 30 seconds later, uh, broke my man's heart. But um, <laughs> but uh, he, he just trains in like, pound plates and the whole nine and then usually for the deadlift 
um, that's when you're going to see the difference in it. Like I was like, I asked him afterwards. He's like, fuck man, I don't know, man. When you just get out there and you just, you, you can't really tell when you're just pulling. Um, so I, I bet you there's a difference, but it's probably overstated. I, I think there is a difference. Remember, I'm not saying yes or no. I'm saying overrated, underrated. I'll, I'll say it's overrated. Mm. And one more thing I want to say. Aaron, keep your goddamn girlfriend out of my DMs. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Your whole ass, your whole ass girlfriend. Stay out of my stay out of Russ's DMs too. Enough. Enough. And I know it was you who was blowing up Russ's comment section. Okay. Mind yourself. Mind yourself. That's just, enough. That's enough. I'm just commenting and DMing oh. Russ from all these fake accounts. <laughs> That's right. It's Arian the whole time. It's like, God damn it, Arian. Stop, man. But um, but anyways. All right, yeah. Russ. Thank you. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. No, just, I, I was just going to say, yeah, you, you definitely make a point for all those people that are beginners or newbies and all that stuff like that. We are not recommending to go spend $10,000 no. on competition rack and bar and weights and everything like that. That you're going to be the best. Um, and you do have videos like your, your buddy that you posted. Was it from Kenya, the repost, where it was like raining and him and all his boys were out there and he's like, you know, Delafin. Ghana. Because Kafui's Ga- parents are from Ghana. And this dude actually slid into Kafui's DMs because Kafui broke the IPF world record and was like, can you tell me some deadlift tips? And then um, he slid in King of Lips DMs. And I was like, Kafui, did you see this dude from Ghana? Because Kafui's parents are from Ghana. And he's like, yeah, man, he slid in my DMs one day. And then um, I was going through the, he's like, the, he's the 83 kilo champ from Ghana, this dude. And um, I was like, it fascinates me seeing him. Like he was literally like, in a city, but it was like in the, did you see the video that blew up, uh, Russ? Okay. And, uh, at the gym, it's wild. It's in the middle of like the street, but kind of like in between or whatever. And I was like, this video is fucking fire, man. And I'm like, I'm reposting this. It's not a lot of weight, but I'm reposting like, it's, it's good weight, but it's not like, like your guys weight. Um, but I'm, I just love this. And that video fucking blew up. Man, I was like, Oh, damn. When you think about it, when I watch that video, I'm like, this is what lifting is about. Like, no, yeah. no, like, do you have a belt? Yeah, he had like a belt on, I think, but it was just like, you know, just some bullshit belt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, fucking lifting in the rain, mad, crazy different plates, like bar probably crazy. But at the end of the day, you all just trying to get better. Um, yeah. It's like, it's just thinking about like kind of how we're spoiled here. It's just like, oh, is that, is that, is that calibrating plate cheap? <laughs> <laughs> is it shipped? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are those collars calibrated? What's going on here? Oh man, this is like one time. Actually, not. Okay, whatever. There's like this kid. There's this kid doing like it was like one thirty something on squat, and it's like, oh, can I use like the the calibrated collars? I'm like, bro, just lift the weight, man. Like, yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Where like, if you're if you're a beginner and and they're like, um, you know. I'm with your threat. You guys are both at the gym. And he's like, I'm going to wait to use the calibrated plates for Russ to be done with them. And it's like, just bro, don't wait a half hour. Just fucking go ahead. You're yeah. fine. You're going to be okay. Hit that bench, but wait a second, that bench. No, I'm going to wait for Russ. To <laughs> like, no, just don't worry about it. You're, you're fine. You'll never know the difference. I got a competition coming up and I got to be ready. It's like, you're going to be ready. You're going to be fine, kid. But um, anyways, so thank you for your time, sir. Yeah, man, it's eight o'clock. We eight o'clock our time. It's uh seven o'clock your time. So, dude, three hours flies by, my friend. Much appreciated. I know you're a busy guy, and um, thank you for uh, thank you for your time, sir. Yeah, no, I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. We'll do it again, man. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I see you at Worlds as long as you know whatever vaccines and 
hopefully it all goes through, man. We'll keep in touch though. And I'll, yep. uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. And maybe Erin will be there too uh, as the team coach. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fellas. Talk to you later. Thank you too, Erin. Oh, and sorry, Russ. Uh, how do people get your, your merch and everything like that? Uh, so you can head on to the Get Better Today or the GBTbrand.com or you can follow us on Instagram, which is the GBTbrand. Um, me too on Instagram, Russ Swole, R-U-S-S-W-O-L-E. Um, be on the lookout for Corrupted Strength to open up later this year. Uh, you can follow us on IG too at Corrupted Strength. And uh, that's pretty much it. And Arian, you for coaching? They can follow me on Instagram, Coach Arian K. There it is. Till next time, fellas. Talk to you See later. Ya. See you.